This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that never doubted Michi Batshuayi. <coughs> Cough. Um, anyway, uh, Chelsea uh, versus Watford had pretty much everything, didn't it? Um, a huge amount of pressure heaped on Conte and the players beforehand. Another accident waiting to happen. Nerves calmed by a decent start and a superb Pedro goal, followed by the seemingly inevitable chaos in defence. But instead of crumbling to what may have been a portentous third consecutive Premier League defeat, Conte made the right changes and through the somewhat unlikely saviour of Michi Batshuayi, Chelsea turned the game around and won 4-2. Antonio Conte crowd-surfed and we all went home happy. It may be a stretch to say that normal service has resumed, as there are still problems to sort out, but let's enjoy the moment and acknowledge that for now, the crisis has been averted. I am Stanford Chidge and the name of tonight's show is Cometh the Hour, Cometh the Batman. The Batman. Batman. By the way, for those of you who have only ever heard the um, uh, you know, the cartoon or the, the, the TV version of the Batman theme... Do yourself a favour, go and listen to the Jam's first album, and there is a cover of that, which is absolutely the bollocks. Those who have a certain age will know what I mean. Uh, now, without further ado, without further ado, I shall invite, uh, invite my guests to talk. I shall be doing this lots through the evening. It's called a radio show. That's what happens. And the first, of course, uh, the first amongst equals, really, is the wonderful, beautiful Jonathan Kidd, who the last picture oh, I saw, geez. he looked like, a, like Nosferatu. Indeed, I was. I was. But somebody said I also looked like Dobby. From uh... <laughs> yeah, but Jonathan, that was without the makeup. <laughs> I'd like to have played Dobby. I thought that was a good part. I thought that was a nice yeah. character. That, yeah, Dobby. yeah, nice little um, mate. I didn't. I didn't play him in the. He wasn't in the, uh, uh, the the video game. I did. I did all the Harry Potter video games, and I played Peeves the Ghost in that. He's by like that. Hello, Potter. Where are you, Potter? Where are you? 
in, in the very first video game. And uh, and a friend of mine said, go and go and speak to my son. He's playing the game at the moment. Go up behind him and uh, and and, uh, and be be peeves. He'll he'll think it's great. And I went and I went. Hello there, Jimmy. Hello there, Jimmy. And he was playing the game, and he was so frightened by the experience, he went and hid under the table for half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Jonathan, I, I hate to break this to you, but I, I've had reports on the Mixer chat room, and that's, that's actually the effect you have on quite a lot of people who listen. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it all goes down. Can I just make a couple of quick points? That uh, yes. it, Bat- Batman now likes to call himself the Batsman on Twitter. The Batsman? Because of Batshua. Yeah, the Batsman. I don't think he's quite got the, the connection, but he calls himself oh, that. Oh, He said Batsman scored. And also, um, Conte didn't as much crowd surf as actually fall into the crowd because it happened just below me. And uh, and I looked down and he sort of tripped in. I think he was attempting oh, to grab them. Yeah, he did a kind of fall. I thought, no, they've gone too far. And his legs were sort of sticking out at a rather embarrassing angle. It looked it was, brilliant. Uh, it was brilliant, though, but it was still, I felt that he was, you know, he had slippery shoes on. It was that kind of thing, you know. But okay. it was great that he did it because he spent the first uh, the first um, 75 minutes wandering around like a man obsessed with his with the sack, I thought. But, yeah. um, but, anyway. Mm. but anyway, but anyway, lovely anyway. to be on the show, as always. Thank you very lovely much. Lovely to have you. On. Lovely to have you. Now, we've also got uh, my dear buddy, who I, I, I hate to say, I have not, I've not seen him. I don't. I don't. I actually don't think I've seen you this season, Clayton. Is that for real? Uh, could be. I, I saw you. I think we acknowledged each other in the ground, not the oh, last we do that game, but the game before. Mm. And I saw you. But no, yes, no. It's been too long, mate. It's been it too has, long. Mate. I, I've, I've been. I, I've been cockless. That's why. Uh, up oh, until Saturday. Okay. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Could you tell us all about it? Is that okay? You weren't there. Ah, well, you see, this is the trouble with... They were second best, me. I know. Well, I'm getting to you, Tony. Patience is a virtue. Mm. Um, This is the trouble with with early kickoffs, uh, Clayton, you know. I, you know, I, I can't get myself out of bed early enough on a Saturday morning. And by the time I've done my stuff at the stall, I realise that there was about, you know, half an hour to go to kickoff. And I thought, well, I just don't have time to get to the pub. So I, I therefore, I too was cockless on Saturday. And I, and I apologise for that. Uh, we will make it up. We'll have a beer soon, mate, I promise. Um, now, last but by no means least, uh, it's the lovely, the wonderful Tony Glover. And I, I was lucky enough um, to be invited on to Tony's wonderful uh, podding shed the other week and uh, I, I, I enjoyed brilliant. it uh, well thank you mate I, I appreciate that Absolutely I actually enjoyed simple. it I enjoyed it so much that I actually was very serious that I said I'm going to jack in the fan cast and just like do <laughs> guest spots and everybody else's shows it's way more fun and I have to do no work it's great so thank yeah, you for that and it was really brilliant I mean you do make it easy Chidge when you come on and um, you know it's been too long so um, but uh, Clayton is definitely he's he's in the hot seat next I think if I can if, for the next one well, because because I I, lo- I love finding new ways of introducing him, you know. <laughs> there's, 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 I, I am gonna... Pete Best for the next one, mate. You're going to be no. You're closer to Golden Banks, I think. Here, uh, you know, this is you know, spoilers. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I look out for that. Look, boys, it's great to have you on the show again. Uh, we had quite an auspicious show last week, and this week we've got. Uh, I've been really looking forward to this, actually. I, I, I like, as much as I love getting Alex and Tony together, I, I, I like the gravitas that having Clayton and Tony together brings. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to this show tonight. Not a, not a show for the nappy shitters this week, I, I fear. Uh, right, and in fact, in particular on the show tonight, we will be praising, we'll give praise where it's due, we'll be praising Mitchie Batshuayi for digging us out of the shit, and uh, also Antonio Conte 
for making the bold decision to make the right changes at the right time. And in part two, we ask what what can Conte do about Chelsea's terrible defending, said in uh, Alan Hansen-esque voice and tones. And uh, has Chelsea been worked out by opposition teams? I think that's a more serious point in question, actually. Um, We're also going to have a look ahead to the Carabao Cup uh, match against Everton on Wednesday. And uh, in part three, we're going to look back at the Champions League match against Roma on Wednesday, which was another game, uh, not for the faint-hearted, but I would say, you know, royally entertaining. Uh, And we will, in fact, actually consider whether uh, by December... Uh, we might view it as a point gained as opposed to two lost. Uh, and in part four, we've got a roundup of some the usual kind of Chelsea supporters news. And we've got a couple of emails for uh, Jonathan to read out as well. So as always, a packed show. I cannot wait. Now, there are already loads of the uh, wonderful usual suspects in uh, the chat room and Mixler. I've said hello to a few of you. Hello, John and Andy, who I haven't said hello to yet, and Daniel uh, Daniel Francisco and uh, loads of people in there so uh, uh, if you want to join them it's very easy all you have to do is listen to the show live every Monday at seven o'clock by going to Mixler which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast where you can join in the chat as I said and have lots of fun and uh, I mean basically they ignore us and talk amongst themselves oh, and I'll tell you who else is in there Josh the angry intern how lovely to see you in there mate I haven't seen you for a while um, so there you go. So we've got loads of people at Mixler. It's all great. Uh, the show's going to be a cracker. Uh, if you'd believe me, you'll believe anything. But we'll be back in a second. You'll find out. can't really you know start this show off without without talking about uh Michi Batshuayi because I mean I know we'll get into this uh in a, in a lot more detail probably in part two but um I think number one obviously he saved the day I mean he came on and that was a cracking header that he scored I mean the last goal that he scored was icing on the cake really and he he bullied his way through which is great but I think the point that I want to make is that I think a couple of shows ago you know we tried very hard not to do the obvious thing which was to coat him off for being useless um, and instead actually say, well, because everybody was, and it was an, he was an easy target, but I made the point that, you know, Agreed. is he being played in the right formation? Um, is he better used as an impact sub and all of that kind of jazz? And I mean, you know, it, there is no doubt that he was a sub and he came on and made an impact, Tony. Indeed. Um, I, I, I tweeted this because he reminded me for the 20 minutes or so that he was on, um, and people will cope me off and I don't really care, but um, he was Drogba-esque when he came on. He harried, yeah. he hassled, he pushed, he shoved. He was in there. He was fighting for every ball. Um, I'm not sure that he's a lead the line, but Morata had faded out of the game badly. Okay. Um, and when Mitchie came on, he just looked like he wanted it. That, that header, if that had been Didier on the end of that header that equalised, we'd have been raving about it saying only he could do that. It was fabulous. But it was Drogba-esque, wasn't it? It was a Drogba-esque was. header, a bit like the Munich one, wasn't it? Yeah, but then I, I, yeah, how many times did you see Drogba battle a player off uh, yeah. and score a goal at the end? Uh, or, you know, 
uh, from Fabregas's free kick where he just suddenly turned on the defender where everyone was expecting him to chip in, but he played it to Mishy and he shot and he was literally just wide. He took a shot from outside the area that whizzed by the post that's on our side of the ground by, I don't know, six inches. Okay, the goalkeeper thought it was going past. The goalkeeper completely missed, Gomez misjudged it because I think he looked at that and thought, shit, I've just about got away with that one. Um, and I don't think you could have asked any more. Now, you know, whether he's a 90 minute player or not, uh, I don't care. I think we sell good players at our peril. Um, and this guy's a young guy. Conti obviously likes him. There's this thing that he doesn't do what Conti says. Well, I disagree. You hear what Conti says about him. He loves him. So he's obviously what, what did he say? What did he say? He just said about how good how good his attitude has been and, and how mm. he's just not given up in training and all this sort of stuff. And he had a bad game against Palace, I think he said. But look how he's come back. Mm. And that's the sort of thing you want to hear. You know, I just I I, I genuinely despair of the, the, the kind of, you know, again, the Pampers filler the Pamper filler brigade who just want to say, get rid of him, get rid of him, he's rubbish, we need something better. I disagree. And I think when, when a guy can come on, get us back into a game yeah, it wasn't his wasn't the only substitution. I'm sure you're gonna come on to those as well. But his wasn't mm. the only substitution, right? But he immediately I mean the first thing he did, I think, was he 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 he, he missed a pass from somebody and everyone went, Oh fuck, you know. Yeah, yeah and then the groan seconds, was considerable, wasn't it? Yeah. And then, and then, then he then got it, then he, he got kicked off the ball immediately after that and everybody groaned right. even more. So and he did yeah. two two rubbish things, but then yeah. from then on he was great. He was so, fantastic. Yeah. Now the, he was, it, you he know was. If I get a player, and I think we've said it before, if we get a player who tries their heart out and isn't particularly great, we'll accept that as opposed to somebody who's supposed to be fantastic who can't give, who doesn't give a toss, right? Whose body language is all, oh, who cares? It doesn't matter. I'm going to get me money or whatever. Batshuayi doesn't strike me as that sort of player. He's got some big teammates there in, um, you know, Belgium ones in in, in Eden Hazard. Um, I, I I read that he's big friends with Didier Drogba, like Lukaku was as well. Um, uh, and and I just think you know that that's the sort of player if, as an impact sub, you know. And I would give him time. I thought he was he was fantastic and, and deserved of a man of the match ball because, you know, uh, whatever you think, the first half we weren't bad. We were unlucky to go in at one one. We were unlucky. Well, the, he hadn't played a finger. On yes. Us, well, I know. I thought we made a good start. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep yeah. my powder dry on that one yeah, for yeah. a minute. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, Clayton. View. Clayton. You know, talking of of, of UI, I mean, what 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 intrigues me? I mean, okay, I mean, Maratta clearly was just having a bad day at the office. I think. I mean, uh, you know, I think that I think Watford roughed him up, and maybe he might not be one hundred percent fit yet. But do you think it was a brave decision? Because I mean, you know, we were under the cosh when UI came on, and it was really was a game changing substitution. Do you think Conte was quite brave in bringing him on, given what was at stake? Uh... Yeah, I think he would have been braver if he would have started him because Murata's mm. not Murata's not anywhere near fit. I'd say he's fifty percent mm. fit, if really? that. And I would say that um, you know, if you sort of we'll talk about the Roma game, but I, I would say he's nowhere near fit. I mean, if you think about what he was before he was injured and how he's been in the last two games, he's been sort of fairly soporific. Um, he's not been making any runs, but if he's not fit. Um, then I can't blame him. I, I think I do get what Tony says about Conte having confidence in him, but uh, in Batshuayi, but I, I, you have to question how much confidence he has in him if he's picking somebody who's 50, 60% fit above somebody who's obviously 100% fit. So um, 
I, he was great. He was absolutely great. And I'm really, really pleased for him because he seems to to like the club. He seems to, to get it and seems to want to do well. I felt very sorry for him against uh, Crystal Palace because he didn't get any service at all. Mm. He was completely isolated. As you've said, and we've said, he's not a lone striker. He needs to play in a two. Now, he just came on. He energised everybody when he came on um, and scored two Tony said the first goal was brilliant. Second goal wasn't bad. You have to be there. And, and they showed on match of the day for the first goal how different his movement was from one yeah. week to the next. So um, I, I was just I was thinking about Batshuayi and shoot me down. You know, Solomon Kalou, Florin Maluda, and to Ooh. a certain extent, Tour Andre Flo are all players who basically could play one week and were brilliant. And the next week it was like yeah. somebody had sort of swapped them for somebody else <laughs> because they, could, they couldn't do anything. And I think sometimes you just have to accept. I mean, for a start, he's very young. But perhaps you just have to accept that he's one of these players that sometimes it will come off and sometimes it won't. And whether we as a club can afford to have somebody like that as our number two striker... Is, is a different question. Maybe a number three striker. I don't know, but he deserves he deserves what he gets. His, his goals to game ratio is is extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. Well, um, apparently, according according to Gion uh, Clayton, who's who's listening in tonight. Hello, Gion, lovely to talk to you earlier on. Um, he's apparently he scored a goal every seventy one point three minutes this season. It's fantastic, absolutely brilliant. I mean. You could argue he comes on and defences are more tired and he's fresher. But the point is, even when he plays and, and like the, the League Cup game we had uh, earlier in the season against Forest, where he didn't play particularly well. I don't think he, I, I think I was on the fan cast. I, I, I don't think he was a brilliant contributor to that particular game, but he scored two goals. Mm. Oh no, he's got a hat trick. It's interesting, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, well, it is. I mean, I tell you what. No, that's a really good point, mate. Actually, and he scores goals, and that's what we've always said about him. Whatever anything else you can say about him as, as not being a leader of the line or whatever, or having much technique to hold the ball up, this guy scores goals. I tell you what, I really love most about his performance, Jonathan. I mean, the boys have mentioned about his energy, but I thought he was a real beast. He looked, he he looked a physically big player. I thought, and and. You know, Morata was getting pushed all over the place and bullied and kicked and all the rest of it, as was Hazard, but that's another point. But I, th- what really pleased me, Jonathan, was to see him come on and bully them back. And, and you know when Tony was saying it was quite a drug breast performance? To be fair to him, it was, wasn't it? Yes, but I, 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 I think I, I echo um, uh, Clayton's view that it, it's, it's very hot and cold, isn't it? I yeah, mean, yeah. He was terrible against Palace, and we were yeah, right. But we're talking to, about to the Watford game. No, we, we I know. Did the Palace I know, game. I know, no, but I, you can't have that kind of inconsistency. And I don't know why one week he would be fantastic, and then the other week was it because he came on as a sub? Because he was great. I agree. He was. He was. Yeah. He was fabulous. It is perplexing. Um, uh, and, I'll give and, you that. And he got. And he got. Yeah, it's perplexing. But also, I don't think he should be named in the same breath as Kalu. I'm sorry, who I found one of the most weird players I've ever seen at Chelsea. <laughs> who, uh, who, who had the had the great ability to stand on the on the two yards from the goal and still manage to kick the ball over the bar on several occasions. And uh, yeah, I remember that in the cup. Final, mate. Remember the cup yes, final? Indeed, indeed. I was he, right he behind was that. 
He was yeah. closer. Yeah. He was on. He was actually on the line. On the line. And hit the bar. But but boys, 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 how can you not love a striker whose shorts fell all the way down to his knees when he went in for a ball <laughs> once, bearing his, his very shiny buttocks, as I recall? And, and the thing with uh, Malouda as well, Malouda did actually improve. I mean, at the very beginning of his, his Chelsea career, he was absolutely useless. There was a terrible moment at Coventry. He became very good. Coventry, yeah. He became very, very good. And Charisma was playing. And Charisma had that weird ability to only ever kick the ball with the, the outside of his right boot, whatever he did with it. Was it That's left? Right. I think his left foot. Yeah. That's right. And, uh, and Maluda had been completely useless and actually came over to the crowd to s- somehow hope that we would applaud him. And everybody told him to fuck off, which I, I thought... <laughs> <That's> I, <right. laughs> I thought that was, was really... That was at the, at the, at the Rico Stadium. I remember thinking, you poor man. You poor, poor man. But uh, And then Flo was one of my favourite players. He just suddenly became not very good. But uh, sorry, I'm sorry to... The Kalou breath is, uh, is Clayton is... I can't bear that. Kalou was the best, one of those bizarre people I've ever seen play for Chelsea. I couldn't believe it. Because you say he occasionally would come up with something and I'd always go, oh my God, Kalou scored! Because it was such a shock to the system for that man. Oh, well, um, but, know, but no, but Batshuayi is more Drogba-esque. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I will, I'll trot out the same story I always trot out, which is that um, he's, he's apparently not very... Brave. Right, Batshuayi. You know, he, he, he's, 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 he's a lovely bloke. And we can see on Twitter he's a lovely bloke. And, he's, and, he's, and he keeps his head up. And this is what Conte likes about him. But I think it's really hard work getting him to actually do what he wants. So whether it's now finally getting in there. And I also think, as you were saying, I think Maratta, not only was a Maratta kick to buggery in that game at the, at the weekend because he was fouled an enormous amount yeah. which the referee Full missed game. I just kept thinking for goodness sake ref you know he was I know he falls over a lot but he was being being kicked from behind all the time there was a lot of fouling going on they're very physical side um, um, uh, Watford, yeah. Watford, yeah. Watford, yeah. Sorry, Jake. I'll be your wingman. Help me, yeah. Help me, exactly. Help me, help me with these with these long words like what. Jonathan Kidd, um, the Henry yeah. Blofeld of the Chelsea fan cast. <laughs> Who were we playing yesterday? There's a pigeon. Oh, lovely. There's a pigeon. Oh, lovely, my my dear old thing. What am I looking? There's a pigeon on the pitch. Oh, how lovely. Oh, yes. Um, but uh, uh, no, and I thought, and, I, and I, what I'm, I'm bewildered about is, I remember when he was at Spain, he had a scan, didn't he, in the Morata, and it, they said that he'd had a, um, uh, that his injury was really very bad, and uh, and Chelsea brought back to Chelsea, had another scan, and they said no, it wasn't as bad as Spain had said. Now you wonder actually if it was really bad, and he should have stayed out longer because well, he's, did, looking, did he he's looking, he's looking a quarter ago. of the player. Sorry, say, say, Tony. What's I was going to say, did we do that with Hazard a couple of years ago? Didn't we force yeah, him yeah, to play yeah, for three yeah. and? Yeah, and whatever. Part, I, I, part I, of the reason I, why I, he fell out of Mourinho. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm going to throw another name in there, which I I'm not saying he's like this, but I think he has the potential to be um, a, a really good foil as well for for a main striker in the in the way that Anelka was. When Anelka stopped being oh, an out and striker, was wonderful. Yeah, but he Anelka could put the ball on a plate for Drogba. He knew as an ex, as a, yeah. a, a kind of secondary striker, he knew where it needed to be. And I think I think Batshuayi's got that potential. He can be a battler, but I don't think he's lead the line one. I think you've seen a you know completely different thing with Morata. Uh, and when he's on fully fully fit, he's he's awesome. But you know, for attitude and everything like that. And I think if Batshuayi's got any sense, he will see that because I think. Just occasionally, wouldn't you like to see us put two up front, just just for well, once? You know, I think there's a there's a there's an argument saying that that's kind of what he did, although not perhaps in the way yeah. that we might envisage it with two strikers. But <laughs> no, no, in a no, sense, no. he was playing four four two by the end of the game. Listen, I'm just going to move this on uh, a, a tad. I mean, what what I would say before I do is is 
you know, just to pick up on Jonathan's point about him not being very bright, which, by which I'm sure Jonathan means footballing intelligence, and that goes back to what yes, Ian yes, Wright was yes, saying. Yes, the other yes, way, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, and that, that goes Sorry, back to what I'm Ian Wright was saying about was. his uh, yeah. about his lack of movement in the box and running into the right areas, and and that is actually what he did so well on Saturday. That's, and it, and I, yeah. I'm with you, Jonathan. It makes me wonder whether it's finally beginning to sink in what Conti's telling him. Let's hope so. Listen, the other thing I wanted to talk about was that it wasn't just Batshuayi's uh, substitution uh, that, that, that made a big impact. Um, somebody who's been getting an awful lot of stick from the usual suspects, uh, which is William. I mean, yes, OK, he had a stinker against Palace, but... Uh, I thought he he looked very good when he played uh, when he came on again on Saturday and that 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 cross for the Aspie goal was absolutely banging, wasn't it, Clayton? Yeah, I mean it was, um, and I agree wholeheartedly. I thought um, when he came on against Roma, he looked like he'd got a little bit more form back, and I mm. thought he looked great on Saturday. But I also think um, Zappa Costa also. Yeah was, was yeah, somebody totally. who brought a lot of energy and also put in a couple of absolutely blinding crosses. Yeah. But yeah, you know, the, these guys, it, it's like nobody's allowed to have a bad bad patch. Nobody's yeah. allowed to, to not be very good for a couple of games. Thank you, Clayton. Fuck off. Yes. Basically. Thank you, you know, William, everybody forgets that the year of powerful discord and what a fine book that was um who, who wrote that book who wrote who that, wrote book? that? I'm, too, I'm too modest to say but you know everybody forgets <laughs> he carried <laughs> us that year he was yeah, absolutely totally. phenomenal that year and he had a decent year last year he's in a bit of a trough and you know and so everybody's like writing him off just ridiculous i mean he what is it really what is well. it they say a- what is it they say about the cricket, Clayton, which we love? What is it? Form is temporary, uh, form class is, temporary, is permanent. Form is temporary, class is permanent. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. That's um, right. And, you know, he'll he'll play on Wednesday night. He'll misplace a couple of passes and people will be up him again. It's just mm. we're in a very, very sad world at the moment. We are. But we yeah, are, aren't we? It's a, they, yeah. They, they were all good substitutions and they, they basically gave us a lift and they gave us impetus which which we needed at, at, at a particular time so um yeah well done senor conte just to just to play devil's advocate tony um and I, and I agree with that absolutely i agree with that analysis that you know conte played a blinder in a sense he realized that it was going down the shitter and he made changes and it worked but i do think in a sense uh it was you know we were enabled in a sense by watford surprisingly taking off troy Deeney and bringing on a midfielder, and they set back a bit, and they allowed us to come onto them. When you know, obviously, we'll talk about it in part two. When they attacked us, we looked very vulnerable. But I think maybe that's being a little bit churlish. The bottom line is, I think Conte, considering the pressure he was under, whether it was real or imagined, who knows? But I think no. our understanding is that he was under a lot of pressure on Saturday. If he'd have lost three, if if he'd have lost that game, the last time I, I wrote an article about this uh, last week, but. We we lost three on the spin with Mourinho in October of the Annus Horribilis, when we all know what happened then. Do you know the last time we'd lost three Premier League games on the spin was under Viali in 1999. So when people say, oh, stop panicking and stop, you know, throwing your toys out the pram at losing three games. If you put it into that context, it's actually a pretty big deal for us to lose three back three Premier League games on the spin. So he must have been under a lot of pressure, mate. I 
I, I agree. Um, was this the article you wrote um, about us being attuned to... Um, oh, the one that you and I had a bit of a ding-dong about, yeah. Yes, well, it probably a, was, actually. We, yeah. we didn't. We clinked a couple of glasses, virtual glasses together and said, look... We did indeed. Not quite we sure did indeed. Of it. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I've no doubt that he's under pressure. But I don't think he's under any more pressure than he would have been last year. He delivered us yeah. a, a Premier League title last year. Um, and I'm with Alex Churchill when she says that this, for me, is year one. Okay, Because he, he exceeded expectations last season and um, and got the players, I think, punching above their weight. No matter what anybody says, we were, I think, punching a little bit above our weight last year. Yeah, and this year, yeah. uh, we've, we've got this regression to the mean. So it's going to be a struggle. City look pretty much invincible. But I still think we're good for a top two or top three place. I think United will drop off. Um, Spurs... Galls me to say it, but they look absolutely phenomenal at the moment, and, and and whatever. I would say this: I still stick with what I tweeted. We were okay first half, unlucky to be at one-one, and then for twenty-five minutes of that second half, it was Burnley first half all over again. We were absolutely shocking. Pub football, not even that good. You know, they, they could have got eleven of us from the crowd, and I reckon we'd have given Watford more of a game for that twenty-five minutes. Okay. And then it changed. And it may have been from the first substitution. Um, I, 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 I have a feeling that it was from about 69 or 70 minutes that suddenly there was a palpable turning of a tide into that game. Now, Conti's job is to do exactly that, is to see these things through. Now, he's been criticism a bit last season about making late substitutions, waiting until there was only 15 minutes of a game left, etc. That may be his way, and maybe we need to adjust to that. But uh, they were phenomenal. The players that came on were, were brilliant. Zappa Costa, I think, as Clayton said, he looks the bollocks, doesn't he? I mean, look at the mm. speed of him. The guy just wants to run down the wing. And what's more, he, 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 he didn't play well in the Roma game, though, at all. Yeah, but he was out, the, again, out we go back to this, JK. They don't yeah. often play, you know, you want consistency. These are your midfield generals, your, your, your Lampards or your, your Didier Deschamps or whatever that are going to give you a consistent, maybe not world-class performance every week, okay? The other players are always going to be a bit like that. You, know, you, you, you tell me that Drogba had a good game every week. I've near no. enough booed him off sometimes because he was such a lazy bastard when he won. Deco, <laughs> who was the laziest fucker I've ever seen in a Chelsea shirt. Other people loved him. I hated him. Deco, he was, oh, he was, Deco was very hit and miss, wasn't he, Deco? Exactly. I and and but, I, I, I just, all I'm trying to put across is a bit of patience. And I think that's what Conti's done. I think he knows he's got his work cut out for him. Uh, I, I we'll probably talk about depth of squad and that later on or whatever, but I, I know he, he knows that. I don't think he's, you know, his pressure, it does show his body language slightly different, but then there's an well, added pressure. We are champions. We yeah, weren't last yeah, season. Exactly, exactly. Right, listen, guys, I, we're getting into the realms of part two, so rather than yes, like cut us off on our prime, I'm going to like stop it before it starts and then we can really hammer at it in part two. Uh, and we will be back in part two to ask exactly that. Um, I, you know, I really do want to talk. I mean, because Tony's right. I mean, it, it was good, but there's still stuff going on. And and uh, what on earth Conte can do about uh, Chelsea's terrible defending needs to be discussed. I've also got another theory, actually. And I'll tell you more about this in a minute, about the fact that Chelsea may have been worked out by opposition teams. I have it on good authority that that might be true. And uh, hopefully to wrap up part two, we're also going to have a quick chat about uh, we've got Everton in the Caribou Cup on Wednesday. See you in a sec. <laughs> the only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com 
Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you're listening, of course, to the Chelsea Fancast. And uh, I'm delighted to have with me tonight the lovely Jonathan Kidd. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Uh, uh, Yes, my fellow gate... uh, Well, he's not gate 17, but he's in the Matthew Harding upper. I can see him from where I sit. Mr Clayton Beerman. Hello. Uh, And also the wonderful, the Reverend Tony Glover, the uh, supreme being behind the wonderful podding shed. Now, Tony, I've seen you... Near sitting near me before, but yes, I'm in the Matthew seen... Harding upper as well. I'm a, I'm I'm a, a block back from Clayton and about you are, aren't four you? row four rows above him. Yeah, yeah. And, but how and weird! My... I... Yes, yeah. I, I I always I, see I Clayton. Actually, I, I actually looked for you on Saturday uh, to see whether you were in your normal standing with your back against the wall. No, you know? I'm too um, old to stand up, mate. I can't stand uh, up right. for ninety minutes. I'm and, sitting down. I, I, I was looking for your I was looking for your trademark cap, mate. That's what I was looking no, for. No, no, I didn't. I did. I was without. The, I was. I had no cock. I had no cap, and I didn't stand up. I'll let you work that one out. <laughs> so I had no chances, basically. <laughs> None at all. Um, all right. Now, listen, you, you you, very clever boys are already beginning to get into to what was going on. And, and I think, it, much as it pains me to say so, we need to kind of get into the, the, the 25 minutes or so that... Uh, that Tony was alluding to, where where we were, where we looked like a pub side. Um, uh, before we get into that, though, I mean, I, I agree with you, Tony. I actually thought, I mean, the, f- the most important thing I think, given given the two defeats, is that that our intensity was pretty good at the start, and it was capped by a, a lovely uh, a lovely goal by Pedro, um, which apparently is our eight thousandth goal. But there you go. But I, I I just kind of felt that you know, even before, I mean, that goal from what was coming. To be fair, I mean, there was that that. Um, unbelievable miss uh, from I don't know who but it was actually harder to miss it than it was to score it and they just cut through us at will um, so let's let's was talk it, about R- the terrible... Richardson I think it was Richardson was well he, yeah. he missed most of the, yeah he missed most of their chances didn't he that's absolutely yeah. true but I mean there are, there are two there are two questions here and and I mean you know really why why are we so look so terrible at defending and of course the easy answer that we've been talking about for a week or two is that you know no Kante no cover but I, I, I've spoken to, I mean, Pat uh, Nevin was very revealing at the trust meeting on Saturday. And by the way, um, I'll be putting that up as a podcast, uh, hopefully sometime this week. He was absolutely brilliant. Um, but he, he said this to me, Kerry said this to me off air, maybe even on air on the uh, on the Kerry Dixon show last week. But there's a feeling amongst a lot of the former players and, and knowledgeable people that I speak to that, that to a certain extent Chelsea have been worked out. And, and I know we'll pick this up in the Roma game too, but basically teams are attacking us down the flanks and they're getting in behind the wing-backs and they are finding a lot of space. And and, and that I think I think what Watford did on Saturday for that 25-minute 20, period was a prime example about that. So first question, Jonathan, do you think we've been worked out at all? Do you think it's a sign of that? Uh, it's looking a bit like it, isn't it? That the it is, um, isn't it? Anyway, we'll get on to it eventually. Even the two late goals that Jacko scored were just that little. Yeah, it was exactly that little dip same. over the back. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. Um, but in a sense, that was the same thing we had a problem with. Uh, um, bizarrely, uh, under Mourinho, when yeah. uh, when um, that long ball in between Cahill and uh, and and Dave was played, and uh, I remember. 
um, Deli Alley scoring those two goals yeah. at White Hart Lane. So it, it, it looks to me to be a very similar, um, a similar problem. Um, I, I, the, what I've got from reading the impression I've got from reading the press is that he's he's very good Conte at working out a problem and uh, and then uh, seeing how to deal with it. But because he's having to prepare teams for games, he's not doing it as much. Because um, that was his big thing about having th- uh, three games in seven days, wasn't it? He said that he's not almost working on the on the errors enough. He's not drilling them enough. Um, but uh, I'd like to throw something else out. I, I get the impression that he's not quite sure what tactic to play himself at the moment. And I, I feel that some of the players are are, are, um, are sticking themselves into positions they don't feel comfortable with. And uh, um, I'm not so sure that's the case with the uh, the defence, though. I just... Uh, um, I don't quite. I just don't quite get what's happening. I, I, I would have thought that would be it would be easy with a man of his tactical ability to note that they're using this space and find a solution because he's that good and he works at it. So is it something? I think was it Gary Cahill today made a, a statement saying he said we're not concentrating enough. We're not being as intense as we were last year, or concentrating. Um, or so perhaps the pressure isn't. <clears throat> Perhaps the players are coming. Watford came in thinking, actually, we are passing the ball well. We're fourth. Um, we we can do it. There was there wasn't a feeling of of uh, um, we might be, be undone by this team, which they were in the end. I think they how, they, uh, they were found about? out in the end, Watford. But uh, but but no, it's a it's a tricky one. Um, but yes, there appears to be there appears to be space, um, and I think it was because they were attacking. So I think if you put the pressure on us, we seem to wilt a bit. I think that's it. I think uh, um, I'm not really giving an answer at all to this because I don't know. That's right. Just, well, t- Tony, you know. Tony was about to come in with something. I, I was. Pick you up on something. Let him blow me out. I, the I wonder if I wonder if there is something in about in the the extra games. Um, in that, if you think about it, Conte, what was he two three years in charge of Italy, where you would have had a game every couple of months, I guess, or whatever. Um, and I don't think, even with his previous time with Juventus, I think they won three titles on the bounce. But I don't think they particularly shone in the Champions League. No. Okay, so it, it could be there's a bit of an Achilles heel there, and he's having to adjust that to himself and thinking, well, okay, what I did last season, the intensity of the training, um, the way I dealt with the players and prepared them for each game, which was pretty much a week apart, apart from you know maybe midweek FA Cup or or was it was it the Caribou Cup last year, whatever cup it is anyway, the Milk Cup I'll call it. Um, and I wonder whether there's a part in that, that he's kind of learning this as well, okay? And that we haven't seen that adjustment kick in where he gets to a point, Conti, where he's comfortable and says, right, we do this on Wednesday against Everton, we will do this on Saturday against Bournemouth, okay? And maybe, maybe that will involve switching the squad around because you think about it, he used very few players last year. We were very lucky with injuries, Um uh, and maybe we didn't need the stability helped us, you know, a fixed focus. Um, whereas every other club, every other club with Europe on, on their sites is having to swap and, and change their squad around a little bit. And I, I just wonder whether that's part and parcel of it, especially well, with the backs. I, you, I'm, inclined, I'm inclined to agree, but I think there's more to it than that, Tony. And, you know, I think, I think that the lack of time uh, between games to prepare the team tactically is without doubt an issue. But I also think it's part. I mean, part of the issue could well be Conte, and I don't. I don't mean to say this to criticise him. I think it's just a, a function of the animal that you've got. 
Um, you know, from what I understand, he is incredibly meticulous and detailed in his tactical planning. And I mean, if you think about the way that he directs traffic, you know, from the touchlines, you can only imagine what he might be like in training. And I've heard that he does literally move players into the position that they're supposed to be. So he's incredibly detailed. Um, now, number one, I don't think he has time to do that, uh, you know, given our Champions League commitments. And I don't think that helps. But the other thing that I've wondered, and this is, I want to ask Clayton about this too, but something else occurred to me, mate. You know, the rapidity with which we seem to crumble under particular attacking pressure or tactical pressure, it, it makes me think, I wonder if these players have actually lost the ability to think for themselves and adapt to situations on the pitch at the time. Because maybe they're so full of, uh, you know, Conte's tactical... Um, diktats, if you like, from from before the kickoff, that when it goes against them, they don't quite know what to do, you know, and they're almost stuck in paralysis. I mean, it's a bit of a wild theory, but what what do you reckon, mate? Um, there there could be um some element of truth to that. The fact that they are, as you say, minutely um manoeuvred from one spot to another, and they can't really think for themselves and. But I think that goes down to a point which I know that you've got in your script. So whether it's um, time to, to, to raise it now is, is, uh, the, is the lack of leadership. So that there is wow. no given leader on the pitch. Um, I think yeah, we, have, we, have been, um, we have been found out in, in a certain degree that, you know, it means that teams now know how to play against us, whereas they didn't before. I think one of the issues, and this is not Gary Cahill, um, bashing because I actually thought he played quite well on Saturday is the fact that we are playing out from the back and Gary Cahill is not comfortable on the ball no. and therefore he's immediately pressured and therefore we yeah. are under pressure uh, and the other one teams thing know that yeah and the one thing that's exactly. really beginning to piss me off at home is the fact that Thibaut is passing the ball out and you know this is what he's been told to do. The crowd are moaning like Billy O, going, kick it long, kick it long. He has been told to pass it out. And that is what <laughs> so he's <true>. doing. <laughs> you know, and all these people, and they are the proverbial nappy shitters in the ground, they're going, no, 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 don't do that. No, that's what he's been told to do. We won the fucking league doing that last year. You know, okay, we gave away a stupid goal against Manchester City. But this is how we have been told to do. You watch every other team now; everybody plays like that. Nobody just, just for just, Clayton. Just just for the hard of thinking, would you like to explain to people why we've been why the side have been told to do that and not kick it long? Well, I mean, apart from anything else, one of the the great things that when we kick it long, we haven't actually got anybody to win the ball. What we've been <laughs> exactly. doing, and I think we did it against <laughs> Roma, was. We, we were doing the old Branner thing, weren't we? We were, yeah. we were kicking oh. the ball to the, to the, to the left to, to try and do it. So, you know, I think that's part of it. So, yes, we have been sort of worked out. I think um, in the, the game where we collapsed, we collapsed against Burnley. We were a man down. Uh, and, just, you know, that, that was just a, an aberration. Saturday was bonkers. I think Tony said, what Tony said was right, you know, I don't think they didn't deserve to go in at one all. You know, people forget about oh. Fabregas's pathetic miss, you know, yeah. which, which would have basically put us two up and they would have been out of it. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, but on the on the other, on the other side of the coin, on, mate. On the other side of the coin, before before we got the equaliser, we could have been four one down. I mean, if Richard Richardson, no, 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 he scored one we and he missed been, a couple we would of sitters. Two nil up. If Fabregas yes. would have scored, we yeah. would have been two nil up. Okay, I'm different not, game. I'm not I saying that. for one for one minute that our defending yep. after after half time was was calamitous. I, the defending before half time to concede that goal was pathetic. Yeah, absolutely. Pathetic. Plenty of rose chances, weren't there, Clayton? Oh, just rubbish. Absolute yeah. rubbish. I, I'm going to. I've sort of. I know this probably going off piste a bit, but I. I no, go off piece. Just, I want Tebow to command his area again. He's not doing it. He's basically staying in his six-yard box. Now, I'm not saying that it would get rid of all the woes, and but balls coming into the box, he's not coming for. He mm. used to. He doesn't anymore. Now yeah. again. He's probably been coached into that. There was a, uh, it was a moment in the second half where the ball was in the left hand, as I'm looking at it, you know, part of the of the area. So the right back area, there was no Watford player anywhere near it, and the ball was in that area. And I can't remember who it was at the time had to deal with it, and I think we ended up giving a, a corner away. All he had to do was come out and fall on it. And it was it was 10, 15 metres. That's all he had to do. And it just builds up pressure. So I'd, I'd really be interested to know what, if anything, he's been told. Because he seems seems to be incapable of coming out of his six-yard box. Mm. And I think he's, that puts unfair pressure on the rest of the defence. He seemed yep. to me to be as bad as he was um, uh, when Mourinho was manager in that, in that, ter- that terrible season. Um, in, yeah. in that the, the, in that regard, but his shot stopping is is fantastic. It's and excellent, but no, just really coming out, team. coming out, he seems to suffer. If we're not playing well, yeah, he, he, yeah. he seems to go into his shell a bit perversely. Um, rather, rather than give the defence what they need, yeah, know that there's somebody screaming and telling them and all this, that, and the yeah, other. Yeah. He doesn't we do have, any of needs, that, does he? Actually, that's he a needs, good point. He needs, Sorry, Tony, of, go on. he needs he, he needs a touch of the Peter Schmeichels about him. Yeah, mm. well, yeah. but that defence. That defence was me. scared of Schmeichel, uh, and it and it showed yes. because they, yeah, yes. because he well, he bossed his error. It was it was his it was, as far as he was concerned. He was. I mean, he, he, even even check, even check, even check was quite vocal and an yes. organizer. I mean, I know we had JT in there, but even check was yeah. quite vocal and an organizer. Somebody, I, I, a mate of mine on Facebook, made a very very good point apparently, and he was. And this is not to dig Cahill out. I, I, I disagree with Clayton, by the way. I don't think Cahill had a very good game at all. I thought he was AWOL a lot. And he, it, this friend of mine noticed how much uh, Louise was screaming at Cahill because he was out of position a lot of the time. Uh, you know, but I think you know, we, we could, that, that's your goalkeeper's job in a sense, isn't it, Clayton? Yeah, because he's you do basically know... got his eyes on everything. The other people yeah. have got their back to the ball. He should yeah. be directing. He should be telling. I just think it would help. But it's obviously not the way they're set up, and it's obviously not what he's been told to do. You do mm. know that he had well, the best passing stats of the whole Chelsea team, didn't you, Cale? Who? Cale? Cale. Well, yes. yeah, but I mean, that's probably back to but Courtois. Did, no, but Courtois had the best passing stats against Roma. Irrespective of that, I still think he, he was okay. I think there were far worse culprits in, than, than Cahill well, and uh, look, look, mate, I, I, you know, with this, I think we get into a semantic argument if we're not careful, much as I enjoy them, but I usually prefer them when I've had about three or four pints because I of get a bit course, more stubborn. Of course, who then. doesn't? But, um, <laughs> you know, stats schmats. I mean, you know, the bottom line is I can only go by what I saw, and I saw, you know, several of their defenders, not just Cahill. I thought Louise had a stinker during that period. I thought Aspie was 
out of position a lot. Awful. I mean, you know, yeah, Alonso yeah. had a stinker. You know, but the, but the oh. bottom line is they were being pulled out of position a lot of the time, and that is why Watford were getting so much space down the wings. But the frightening thing was when they weren't getting it down the wings, they were just going straight through us. I mean, that was you know that. I mean, okay, we had Fabregas and Bakayoko together. I don't think it helps having Fabregas in the midfield. But, you know, basically they were either cutting through us or they were finding space. And that worries me because that tells me that it's organisational. No, 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 Chidge, Chidge. It's not organisational. It's squad. We haven't got a big enough squad. We haven't got the midfield players. Fabregas and Bakayoko. So it's personnel and organisation. I mean, I think it's it's both, to be honest, Clayton. It's and Matic. It's the same thing. It's the same two that we moaned about because there needs to be a third one in there. Fabregas can't play two games a week, never mind three. And yet, mm. you know, what are the options? There aren't any options. That, that, That's know, a good point. Water, and I, if drink water I, was I, fit, I agree. I, I agree with that, mate. I really do. I, I think actually the reality is, I think, I think you know, it, it's been a really interesting discussion. And I know we've kind of gone all over the place, but actually... I think that's a that's that's a, a good thing on this particular part because I actually think there's a little bit of all of these things going on. I don't think it is just one thing. I think it's almost like a perfect storm of issues at the well, moment. Can I, can I just say I think it's yeah, the, yeah. The, the fact that the fact that Bakayoko actually had a very poor game on Saturday he was uh, was very relevant. Um and it also the disappearance of Alonso in the without um the team working well is is also something we haven't mentioned because he he's hardly been involved. And I think he's hardly been involved because the system just doesn't work without um, Kante and without Moses. I'm afraid Aspie is not a right, right. He's not a wing back because his his centres aren't good enough. Because Moses, what worked about Moses is he's a winger. He beats players, but also he he made him into a a, a fullback and he made him defend wonderfully. Um, And so it's it's players playing really out of position, and it's not consequently it's it it's 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 round. Um, it's round round pegs in square holes for me, um, and the fact that, as I say, Alonso doesn't get involved it, it is part is is because also we're not, we haven't got anybody in the midfield but who is strong enough, and uh, uh, yeah, and then it becomes as 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 you said, Glenn, it's down to squad because it's down to injuries and it's squad ultimately. Because okay, I don't can I can I can I just can I just sorry, Clayton, can I just move it on no, to just, something? Yeah, that, yeah, I was just go no, on, no, no, just go on, then say, finish on, it off. On no, Yoko, he's also <clears> not fit. He's yeah. playing in a two-man yeah. midfield, and yeah. he's not fit. Yeah. So I think that's mm. in his defence. He didn't play well, but he came alive in that last twenty minutes. So yes, he did, as they all, as they all did. Yeah. And we'll, then we'll get on to it. But it was kind of reverse. Everybody who came on in the last twenty minutes was people who'd had stinkers in the Roma game. Yeah, bizarre. And they all did well, which is kind of bears out what Tony yeah. was saying earlier yeah. on. Is that yeah. it's, yeah. it's a yeah. lack of consistency yeah. in a sense, isn't it? Listen, I just want to move this forward onto something that has nothing to do with tactics, nothing to do with squad or injuries, or any of that, all of which are really... It, it, I think I'm really glad we talked about it, but it's not easy. The one thing which I think... I mean, you know, call me old-fashioned, um, but maybe this is more important. What I really enjoyed most about uh, Saturday was that they had some bollocks about them. They showed some bottle and some fight, and I think it's absolutely ir- immutable that this is a team and a squad of players who are playing for the manager. So that kicks all of those arse gravy rumours that, oh, you don't like him very much, you know, into touch. They clearly wanted to, wanted to win that match. They showed some fight and they're playing for the manager. Uh, and I think if you've got a team that's fighting for each other and, and has got some spirit, whatever the other, you know, weaknesses and vulnerabilities in the side are, 
you can't do anything without that, can you, uh, Tony? No, uh, and that much you think you only you and I only have to well all four of us only have to go back two seasons we would have lost that game. Yeah, absolutely. We would never have come back. The the the, the heads would have fallen, and we would meet in the pub afterwards and go, "What the hell? You know, let's just have a beer and we'll try and get <laughs> over this." You know, the, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. You know, it, and and this time it you know it was very different. Even even on sixty five minutes when I was thinking this is just as Clayton described it calamitous. It was awful. I didn't even look over at Clayton or or, or anybody else because I just thought, you know, what do we do? Having to give each other a thumbs down symbol from across the ground. Oh, or, I like know, that, like Caligula block. or something. We should yes. do that next yeah, game. It, we should all look at each other and put the thumb up or thumb down. Yeah. Uh, 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 even at that point, and we, yes, we could have been two more goals down, but we weren't. And I wish people would stop this ifs and buts, pots and pans yeah, rubbish all the true. time, okay? Because we should have been two up in the first half, minimum, okay? But the fact was, there was some spirit and fight. Now, it took the substitutions maybe to be the catalyst that sparked that off and things started to work a little bit, okay? Um, and also, you know, maybe Watford had run out of a little bit of steam. Troy Deeney, who is a, whether you think he's a great big fat bastard or not, he's a handful. You know, and he will get in your face. And he was absolutely right when he said about Arsenal having no bollocks. Unfortunately, he might have thought the same about Chelsea and found out we did. And uh, and I thought it was a, a fantastic. You know, when I came out of that ground, I, I was I was. I think the phrase is cognitive dissonance. Okay, mm. where you can hold two separate beliefs, right, in your mind and kind of equate the two. You know, the two live together. Which is one, we were shit, <laughs> but we were brilliant. And I, it took me, I think I tweeted, I said, it's going to take me about two hours after I get home to, for my blood pressure to settle because my doctor had he been next to me, would have he, he would have been getting get the defibrillator because this guy's about to pop his clogs here. That's what he would have been saying, right? Um, but the fact is, when, you know, we had a 25-minute dreadful, awful spell where other teams would have wiped the floor with us. We got away with it. And then for that last 15, 20 minutes, we were quite against Burnley when we came back. And we knew that if we had another five minutes, we would have won that game or at least got a draw with Burnley. And this particular case, that's what I saw. Don't forget, Mitchie Batshuayi could have had two more goals. He could. Yeah. A shot but that, you're right. Yeah, but you're, going, you're getting into the whole realm of ifs, buts and maybes. I mean, what I, what, yes, I, I what, I would, what I would say, Tony, what I would say, I agree with you. You can't, you can't. It's analyze fine. football games. Yeah. You can't analyze games in those terms because the facts are the facts, and the facts are that we won four two. I think the point that I was making about the, the the you know the reality is we could have been four one down. Not to go well, it could have been a different result. What I'm saying is that it shows you. For me, no. that was a, an example of how how and, shit our defense was for a 25 minute period yeah, and, and how many gaps there were. Hasn't Courtois done something today uh, in an interview or something where he said we're determined not to go back down that road again? which is an acknowledgement from an arguably senior player that they know what happened two years ago, okay, and they were determined that they were not going to let that happen again. That's 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 a massive positive, isn't it? Huge. Okay. Absolutely um, huge. In the fact that, you know, it, it, I think it, it, it shits from a great height on all this bollocks about dressing room, uh, you know, unhappiness. Who was it wrote? It was it Castles wrote it last week about you know he's lost it again and it's all going to go again. Was it that? Oh, and but, Castle, whatever. I know. Fake news. The, fake the, news. I, yeah, I don't. I don't believe it. I don't believe in the way I saw the players react to Conte no. and the way they reacted on Saturday. That that was a sign of a team that was 
as mystified as everybody else and thought, no, fuck it, we got, we can do We're this. We're not having this. We're yeah, I, yeah, and that's great. That's absolutely how it should be. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, Jonathan, uh, you know, all that. Uh, I think just picking up from what Tony's saying about uh, a bit of nonsense that was going on last week about crisis and... Uh, I mean, actually, this kind of feeds into the to the discussion I was having with Tony about the article I, I I wrote, what I wrote, an article, what I wrote, which which was really saying that there was a lot of rumor mongering going on, and there is a paranoia and a fear amongst supporters about oh, because we kind of know what's going to happen next. You know, it, it, we mm-hmm. see it happening all the time. The minute it starts to go a bit Pete Tong, the plastic fans who run the club go and fire the manager. It's not saying that we agree with it or we want it to happen. It's just that we're all, as I said, Tony, we're attuned to that environment yes, and that choose. situation. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but Jonathan, skating over that, because Tony and I can do that over a pint in the cock next time round. But it, 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 I think it was really important that we won. And I, and I do think it's, it's shut up a lot of that nonsense and it's put that to bed. And I think that was really important to do that. Like I said earlier on, had we lost three in a row, I mean, apart from the Mourinho Anas Horribilis. You know, it would have been the first time since 1999. So it was quite a serious issue in a sense, do you think? Well, it's a question to what degree the board is behind Conti, isn't it? Which we don't know about. I mean, they, it, it might be that they... Well, uh, they treat managers well, like he, fodder, he, so he, I would he, say no. No, but no, I, I agree, but he seems to be... Um, I think he said it in, a, in, his, uh, in his news... Um, um, interview the uh, after the game that he wasn't that he didn't have a fear of being sacked because um i, I think they they get that he's he's a very tactical manager and um uh, and he's trying to make it work um and you wonder whether because these are times when they're perhaps saving money to try and buy the new ground whether they're all a bit more tuned into it or um uh, so i'm i'm uh, once again, it's that thing about not not knowing. Well, our immediate knee-jerk reaction, and everybody's, is, oh, my God, they're a club that gets rid of managers when they yeah. don't win. Um, so he's bound to be sacked. Whereas you just wonder in this instance whether they've said, look, all right, um, uh, we know you're trying to, we, you won the league, fantastically done. We'll, we'll give you some breathing space. Because he said he hasn't got a problem with it. He's not fearing that. So perhaps that well, message was, it doesn't really matter how he does. Um, but it, uh, it doesn't stop him from, from, as I said, from from uh, marauding around his uh, his um, his manager's box um, like a man possessed at the beginning. When mm. we scored the first goal, he didn't he didn't celebrate at all. He just seemed to be uh, um, um, similarly haunted by the fact mm. that he was only one up, and uh, um, he doesn't look like a man. Um, enjoying himself particularly, even as I say, other than as we said, when other when he threw himself into the ground when he fell over. But uh, um, he wears I, his heart I, on I, his sleeve, I, doesn't he, J.K.? Of course he, of course he does, mm. com- completely. But I, I, I'm, I, I, I keep hearing diff- different signs. I mean, there's a. I was intrigued to read um, an article on Twitter during the week that there are people actually going round now pretending to be op- other teams' fans and undermining them by um, p- putting out, you know, completely fake news, but also um, putting out absolutely negative news about the managers or rumours about them. And they're actually, they're actually opposition fans. Mm. Or Russian, bot, or, 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 or uh, Russian well, bots, well, as our American uh, friends will know well. Yeah, it was an element of that, isn't it? It's the same idea, yeah. But, uh, I think there's someone, there was something in the papers last week about the fact that um, one of the rumours that went out about Conti had been triggered by um, Milan fans. Yeah, um, who are yeah. very unhappy. God, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're very unhappy with what they've got. So you know, if they agitate enough, 
um, you know, hopefully they'll get con- you know, it, it, it's disinformation and all that sort of stuff in it. And we live in that age and now. We live in that weird spun, age. Spun, tru- spun trumpets like Duncan Castles just lap it up. And he had to. Uh, somebody criticised him during the week and had to apologise to him because he threatened so I to sue them. Did you well, see I, that? He, yeah. I'm not apologising for that. He'd, yeah. he'd have to no, disprove so, so, that he is. He'd have to disprove that he is in fact not a spunk trumpet. <laughs> I wasn't think that was something he was accused of being. Actually, Chinchus, yeah. a spunk trumpet, but didn't up, up Marino's arse, I think. Perhaps we should spread that rumour. Um, mm. Oh, I see that aspect. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. Of course, he has a flat up Mourinho's ass. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So uh, anyway, so my my answer is that yeah, I think that that if he had lost three in a row, um, it, the rumours would have just got worse and worse and worse because then he, then they've got the possibility yeah. of losing four in a row. But against Bournemouth, so that's but that's even worse if you lose the fourth yeah. against Bournemouth. Yeah. You know, I have to say, if we lose against Bournemouth, it'll all be started again, won't it? Or we draw against Bournemouth because I suppose the other problem is is. After you've won the league one year, everybody expects you then to win every game. I mean, bloody hell, the pressure is enormous. I mean, I personally, I, I don't. I just go, oh, well, that's interesting. We're, we've lost three. Well, let's see what we can do this season. Because I, I, we seem to just flit in and out as a, as a team of, 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 you want them to win everything. Of course, we always do. But it's never going to happen, is it? So, uh, you, but, but the, th- you, the thing you, is, Jonathan, the thing is, the thing that I found out actually really, really surprised me. And actually what surprised me was the extent to how bloody good we've been for, you know, going, well, it's what, 20 years? You know, nearly. Yeah. Um, if, if we've only lost three games in the spin twice over since 1999... That That's means wonderful. that we, we, we don't lose many matches. So actually, whilst you and I and, and our generation go, oh, for God's sake, get a grip, you bloody lose matches. The reality is we don't lose that many. So actually, maybe people have got a right to throw their toys out of the pram because they're just not used to it now. And maybe yeah. we just have long memories. Listen, we've got to wrap this part up, uh, guys, as much as I might hate to do so because it's been too much fun. Before I do, I'm just going to say, um, I've got a lovely message here. I, I think I pronounce this... Lahana Kababi from high. He says hi. He or she says hi, Turkey. Hello, nice to hear from you, Turkey. How wonderful that we've got people from Turkey listening. Um, right, um, we, we've kind of run out of time to talk about Everton right now in the Caraboo Cup, uh, but hopefully we'll we'll talk to you about it after we talk about the Roma game, which is exactly what we're going to be doing in a minute uh, when we look back at what happened last Wednesday, which was a bit of a ding-dong old game. Um, many were downhearted, many were depressed. I have I have a different view on that, which is I think we might actually consider it to be a point gained come December, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? 
Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Football Fancast. Welcome back. You are listening to the Chelsea Fancast and I am Stanford Chidge and uh, we've had a lot of fun for the first hour. Actually, I have a lot of fun, but I knew I would because I've got, you know, as well as as, as always, uh, having Jonathan as my right-hand man. Uh, I'm delighted to have both uh, Clayton Beerman and Tony Glover together. It's almost like being in the cock pub of a pre or post match. It's lovely to have you both here with us tonight. Pleasure to be here, mate. And uh, yes, yeah, so I, I have second that. Yeah, brilliant fun. Marvelous, marvelous. Oh, by the way, Tony, you missed out on a cracking evening with me and John Proctor, and yes. uh, and True yes. Blue Terry on the pub yes. call in Winchester. We we mentioned you in dispatches throughout the day, yeah. saying, "Oh, well, we, you know, we should have Tony yeah. here." Doesn't seem the but same amount of Tony def- here. Definitely in, definitely in next. Well, time. we're going to plan another one, but we might go a bit off piece. We might do kind of more into the depths of the country, but we, but it means we'll brilliant. have to hire a driver. Yes, or <laughs> a limo. Cabs. We thought a limo. Yeah. We thought would be a good idea. Yeah. I mean, mate, I would love that. We'll do it. All right. Uh, we should talk about the football. Really, that's what we're here for. I mean, you know, we wander off piece. That's kind of how we are. We're always on the piece. In fact, ha. <laughs> um, really, this part is all about talking about the Roma game um, last week, which. Uh, well, I mean, you know, obviously it's a significant game, Champions League, yada yada yada. But I think, I think, I, I, well, I, I have to say, I'm a big fan of the. Uh, the Champions League format where you have these, you know, back-to-back critical matches in the middle of it, which quite often defines the group. Uh, and uh, it was really interesting because we were all very bullish on the show last week. Ah, we'll beat Roma. They ain't, you know, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, you know, me being an absolute knob of the first degree, spent most of the time coating off uh, Kolarov and Dzeko as City rejects and how can we possibly do badly against a team which contained them Oh my God, did I get to eat humble pie and all of my words. But there you go. Uh, we will get onto that later. Um, but I really wanted to kind of preface this bit, really, of talking about the Roma game. Because, I mean, I, I did notice there was a huge amount of doom and gloom about it. And, I mean, okay, you know, 2-0 up, 3-2 down is pretty crap. I get that. But we didn't lose. And, you know, with Atletico Madrid struggling, um, you know, they, they, they drew against uh, Carrier Bag. Uh, they've only got two points out of three matches. They're struggling. And, of course, we all felt that um, Atletico would be our, our, our main rivals. Well, well, maybe it'll be Roma. Roma, actually, I think, are a very, very good team. So that being that being said, uh, Clayton, 
um, I reckon we could see this come December as a, as a, as actually a, a not a bad point. We rescued a point there rather than losing two. If one, you know, accepts the fact that we were two 0 up, I, I get that. But you see what I mean? Maybe not not uh, not the time to get a bit uh, panicky about it. I I agree wholeheartedly. If somebody would have said to me that we get four <laughs> points from Atletico Madrid away and Roma at home, I would have said thank you very much. And I would have been very happy with that. The fact it happened the other way around is just one of those things. Um, I thought they were fantastic. Um, I thought they were good. We made them look good at times, but they were a very, very good side. Um, we didn't play well and we we drew. So it could have been a lot worse. Um, I think there are positives. I think you, you always feel a bit down when you're 2-0 up and you, and you don't mm. basically um, go forward and win. But anybody who's got any honesty about them, when we went 2-0 up, it was, that was a joke. We'd been, we'd been played off the park and we were 2-0 up. I think the, the, my biggest frustration on the night was the fact that we couldn't get hold of the ball because every time we did have the ball, we could score. Um, Costa Manolas, who's their, their, the sort of standout centre-back, wasn't playing. Their defence was rubbish. I mean, there was a lot of talk about our defence being rubbish, but up until that awful goal that we conceded just before half-time, I thought our defence <laughs> had been all right. Um, so, yeah, in the context of the group, that's not a bad result, hmm. especially Jonathan, as Atletico what... drew with carrier bag. Well, in, indeed. Jonathan, would, would you agree with that uh, appraisal? <coughs> um, I thought we didn't help matters by... Um, almost defending all the way through and trying to hit them on the break, which seemed to be a bizarre way of playing. But yeah, I thought we were, um, we scored two decent goals, didn't we? Uh, Absolutely against run of play, but they were poor defensively. And I felt exactly the same, Clayton. Every time we got the ball, I thought, well, I think we're going to score again. They don't seem to be, um, they don't seem to be capable of dealing with any attacks particularly well. But as you say, um, they were very, they were passing the ball excellently. I kept thinking, um, it wasn't a surprise to me when they scored their goal because I thought, well, they're, they're, they're so in control of the game. Um, but I almost felt that all we need to do is boot the ball down the pitch and run after it and we'd score. Um, but, yeah, we seemed to be very... Um, it seemed to be a bizarre tactical um, demonstration of how not to do it. He, 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 he didn't attack <laughs> them at all. He just, he just sat back. He sat back, which seemed to be a bizarre thing to be doing at home. I didn't get that. I didn't understand what that was about. Um, yeah, it was it was it was a very very peculiar game because I I am my heart once again sank when we were three two down. I mean, he scored two great goals, Echo. The uh, the volley was fantastic, as was the header. But they were both exactly the same ball, as I said earlier, played over the top. Um, yeah. So we were we were we were suckered there. Um, but then we. Uh, um, I think it was the substitutions the other way around again. I can't remember who we who we brought on. Um, it seemed to change it again. And yeah. uh, we took, for the, for, we not, took not, Louise not for the off better. and put and William right. on, that's, didn't we? No, that's right. Louise, because yeah, Louise, Louise, for all his slightly mad running around, seemed to be the most energetic player. He seemed to be the most energetic player that we had midfield. But I thought he was a um, he was a firecracker waiting to go off. I thought that he was about to get booked when he was injured and then he would have been sent off because all he seemed to be doing was niggle. It was niggle after niggle after niggly foul. And also, the, you know, you're playing into Roma's hands that because the Italians, because you just need a touch and they're rolling around on the floor like yeah. as if the, the, the world has ended. Um, 
But, you know, it was, it was, it was, there was a kind of peculiarity about it because we similarly seemed to be a bit, we were just very hesitant. And amidst that, you've got Louise running around like a mad thing. And then you had the bizarre moment where um, he didn't want to come off, even though they're suggesting he gets substituted because he said, there's nothing wrong with me. And yet he was clearly limping. And then um, he brought Pedro on for him, didn't he? That, uh, 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 um, isn't that right? Did he bring Pedro on? I can't remember. God, it shows. Yeah, I think he did. And, and he Pedro him on. was really good when he came And on. they're going to say that then Pedro was great. Pedro was fantastic. And then I wasn't surprised that he started against um, uh, against Watford. For, where are you, Tony? You're supposed to help me here. You're supposed to be, you know, throwing those words. Correcting you. Tony. You're supposed to be correcting me. No, <laughs> telling me what the team, what the teams the are. Yeah. Yes, but they're just saying, it's Roma, Jonathan. Yeah, it's Roma. That's, yeah, yes, it's, that's Watford. Yeah. it's Watford. Yeah. But, yeah, no, so it was, I find it's just all very peculiar because it seems like the reverse is that the subs that we brought on against Roma did very well. And the, because uh, William was awful against Roma and and Zappa Costa was similarly awful. And then Zappa Costa and William were great. Against, but I think uh, I think Jonathan, Jonathan, I yeah, think there's a yeah. I think there's a particularly good reason for that. I mean, in, I, I agree entirely with what you say about David Luiz. Although I think, con- considering it came off the back of that loss to Palace, what was so pleasing to see was that at least we had somebody in midfield who was running around like a whirling dervish, chasing the ball yeah, down and yeah. tackling and getting yeah. pe- in people's faces. But I agree with you; he is a bit ill-disciplined. However, when he went off. What happened was that we we went from this kind of three five two, which which fit, spread the midfield and and made us a bit more defensively solid, to a three four three, and they suddenly were all over us like a rash. So it kind of yes, opened the door for them. He wasn't, he wasn't achieving something because Pedro is obviously a very different player because Pedro is playing yeah. further up, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So it was, but it was weirdly the three five two with Louise running around like an idiot actually was more solid. But uh, yeah. you're right. They, but they they were a good side, Roma. They but were, as you say, defend def- well going forward. But defensively, um, but, you know, if if Maratta had been on his game, we'd have scored. Uh, and uh, I, I reckon with our proper team, and I say our proper team, which is Moses and and Kante, because um, yeah. once again, Alon- Alonso was hardly in it again as well. Um, I think we'd have uh, we'd have won easily. I have to say. Well, it's a bizarre old game, wasn't it? I mean, just to pick up on one of the things, one of the things you mentioned, Jonathan, actually, which was, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. They they were a bit pony, weren't they, uh, uh, defensively? But they've got some very good players. I mean, that Nangalan, oh, he's yeah, a very, very good player. I mean, Tony, yeah, I, I, I would very much like us to sign Nangalan. I know all the fanboys have wanted him for ages, but I've real that's another reason why I want to sign him because I think that if we had an angle and he's crying out for a tune to the to the to the tune of Mungo Jerry's is it Mungo Jerry Black Betty Black uh, Betty oh, Nangalan Black Betty Nangalan yeah. yeah we could come no, it up wasn't, with a cracker it wasn't on Mungo Jerry it was Ram, no, who, 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 Ram Jam Ram Jam yeah Ram Jam Ram Jam thank you old yeah. thank you for the older members of the Chelsea fan cast for reminding this young young <laughs> man welcome. of that very early 70s song but yeah you know Black Betty Nangalan it's got to be done He's a cracking player. He was everywhere, wasn't he? I thought he really dictated the game for the midfield. I thought the Jeco goal, um, the, the 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 Van Basten esque one was, uh, or the Tigano one actually. It was a bit like that. That that is a guy who's absolutely on top of his game at the moment. And uh, I thought the the Kolarov one was a pretty good goal. Um, you know, he uh, it reminded me of that Burnley goal uh, earlier in the season. So you know, they are clearly a very good side going forward, but they can they can be got at. There's no doubt about that. Um, just another thing I'd like to pick up on what Jonathan said, Tony, is what I couldn't understand, and I think maybe this this is uh, this herein lies the seeds of discontent amongst the supporters uh, at home. 
in a Champions League fixture is this whole idea of utterly conceding possession at home and hitting them on the counter. And I think it's really interesting to hear what Jonathan said because on the one hand, you know, I I, I agree. It's very frustrating ceding possession and just trying to hit people in the break at home. But on the other hand, Jonathan's saying, well, every time we did have a break, we looked like we're scoring. So I, I'm really none the wiser, Tony. So I'm relying on your sense and wisdom to put me right. Well, I would say that that kind of um, sitting back counter uh, uh, you know, hitting people on the break that you just described has almost become a signature method for us, hasn't it, over the years? Mm, um, yeah. And it pisses me right off. We're better than that, and we showed that. <laughs> we showed it against... Well, we did. We showed it against the Black Madrid. You, you're right, right mate. You're right. right. And it, whether it's a hangover from Mourinho's first spell where, you know, we dazzled first season and then, you know, sort of did the same second season, we started to go back into this. You know, how many times have we sat there 1-0 uh, or 2-0 up or 2-1 up or whatever, and you've thought, oh, for fuck's sake, don't sit back. We're better than this. We don't need to be absorbing. We don't need to be nullifying or whatever. We are better than this. And you you will run risks when you do that. And I agree there are times when we will shut a game down. But really, uh, at home, do you know, I, I'm wondering, because do you think our home form, Burnley, uh, we lost. We lost to City, didn't we? Um, uh, we nearly could have lost to Watford, I guess. And I wonder whether we're a bit spooked at home at the moment um, because it doesn't mm. seem quite right, does it? I, I, you know, we are. Uh, we're obviously fielding, you know, some Crocs out there who are injured. We're a bit battered by injuries. Um, the pressure's on, etc. But yeah, I agree. Look, I don't know when when we play teams like Roma. Right, there is a generation of people generally about my age, who realise they are not Darlington. They're our fucking good Italian team, right, um, with some very, very good players in a league that I would argue is pretty much on a level with ours, okay? There's probably a fag paper between Spain, Italy and the, the Premier League in terms of, of ability, I think. You know, the French League is a little bit off because you've really only got PSG, possibly Monaco and, and Lille. Okay, but I would say that those other three leagues and the Bundesliga are the top ones. Not much in between them. Any one of the teams from any of them could win the Champions League. Roma uh, have got a very passionate support. They've got some good players. Dzeko was a okay, didn't quite fit City's um, tiki taka style or whatever. Um, and I just think you know maybe we're a bit spooked at home. The pressure's on us. This is I, I keep going mm. back to this. There is you know last season has probably given us. One negative is it has blown expectation from a lot of fans to unrealistic levels. Okay. Um, I think, you know, I'll go back to what I said. The top two or three finish we're capable of maybe a cup and maybe a quarterfinal of the Champions League, a semi-final if we're lucky. Okay. That's not a bad re-entry into that world. Okay. I think but it's in... I think, sorry, mate. Sorry, sorry. Go on. But, I mean, yeah, Nangland is fantastic. I wish we had got him. Um, I've just read on, on the Mixer that he was basically just using us to get a pay rise. And I think, yeah, you know, I would, typical. I think we, could have blown that, we could have blown that out of the water if we'd have really wanted him or whatever. Um, you know, but uh, I go back. JK's right and Clayton's right. We've got some very good players to come back. Uh, and when they're back to fitness, uh, you know, I think we'll, we'll start to see things improve. But, yes, I am worried that we sit back when we don't need to. We're Although, back. as Jonathan said, it, it it did kind of work in a sense, but I I think I think what what you know, and I think I think the point that you made there is really really interesting. Is you know, when we play a really good team, um, 
it doesn't. I mean, yeah, their defense were a bit shonky, so we kind of did. You know, we did score three against them, but they can when they're a really good team, they're good enough to control the game. We can't get the ball. We can't get out of defence. It invites pressure, and they're good enough to punish us. And I think that's where it falls down for me. Um, I just wanted to move this on a bit, actually, and talk about about uh, Roma's fans. One for a heinous reason, and one for a comedy reason. When I looked at it, I, I kind of thought that what we had there was a Hogwarts Gryffindor outing. Does no, <laughs> did nobody see that? In their kind of orange, I watched on telly, so yeah. But I didn't. Well, they're, they're orange and, and kind of ruby red scarves. It looked like it was a bloody Gryffindor school outing, <laughs> um, which I'm afraid sadly belied the nastiness that we've come to expect from some of our continental cousins. I, I heard, I, I mean, I'd love to hear what Jonathan has to say about this because he would have been nearest them, but I'm, so, I'm absolutely sure I heard monkey chants at Rudiger uh, and I, a couple of people... Uh, tweeted the trust about it and I know that UEFA have certainly looked into it Jonathan but yeah. I mean you would have heard them yeah. I would have thought but that's one of the reasons why he left the club wasn't it that he wanted to get was away was it really yeah. well, he, no he got he got racially abused in a, another game not by his own fans but he got racially <laughs> abused um, in in some games so that's why he, as Jonathan yeah. said that's why he wanted to go yeah, absolutely appalling. I hope that UEFA throw the book at them. I mean, they were great fans in some respects because they were very passionate. They made us look like a load of numpties, although I have to say, as is absolutely par for the course in group matches at the Champions League, I'm afraid the the usual suspects disappear and it it just is full of, full of part-timers and tourists and the atmosphere stinks. stank to high heaven. Yes. It yes, really it did. Was. It was, yeah. It, it was, was very it even was, where I was... Where I was sitting in prawn sandwich land, it was uh, there were very few people, very few faces I recognised. Yeah, um, it's just insipid, but, you know, it, absolutely it, insipid. It was, they, but also, they had a, a variety of stickers which they put all over every um, every Chelsea crest at the ground. That were uh, most uh, uh, yeah aroma mostly uh, all of them abusive to Chelsea. Um, well, we do that whenever uh, we go abroad, mate. To be fair, yes, we do. We do. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost just congratulating them on their competence. Okay. <laughs> well, I just think that they all look like they all look like they should have been playing Quidditch. They can fuck off, basically. Um, <laughs> but you, you've got to hand it to them. I thought they were. I thought they were wonderful. I thought the yeah, uh, they made a the, lot uh, of noise. They were passionate. The energy, the energy required to. Yeah. Well, it's like well, it's like a Chelsea away game, isn't it? It's you go yeah, a Chelsea exactly. away game. Uh, um, the Palace game, I had a, um, I was wedged in a train on the way back. And there was a bloke I was chatting to, and he said, uh, "I said, do you ever go?" To, I said, "Where do you sit at the bridge?" He said, "I never go, mate." He said, "I don't like the atmosphere. I only go to away games." He said, "Well, and you think he's a yeah, lucky man, people, absolutely, and he loves it absolutely." But he, he said, "I love it. I love the away games. So the yeah. the uh, the singing is non-stop." And you go, "Yeah, that's absolutely true." Away. So what is is Roma away? The singing's non-stop. You. You uh, admire it. You admire the energy, and uh, and accept, as you say, Chidge, that um, uh, lots of the tickets have been sold to uh, to tourists for the day. But I'd be intrigued yeah. to see for the Everton game. The, the, one of the advantages of being a Chelsea fan, which is of of you've got to say that the ground is full all the time, and that is really commendable because the Everton yeah, game cool. will be full this week. Where you look at other other Premier League games uh, in the in the Carabao Cup, and uh, you know there are seven thousand there. Where with it uh, doesn't matter who Chelsea play, and we'll get round to that because they'll probably play well, several. Well, several it's, you reserves, know, mate, we, mate, you we could sell out. You know, you could, yeah, but you could say it's you know quantity versus quality, couldn't you? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we sell out every game, but what, what, you know, who's in there? You know, yeah, that's the trouble. I mean, I, I feel a bit of a hypocrite, but I'm not really, because, I mean, I would have cut my right arm off to be there last Wednesday, but I work in Southampton on a Wednesday until 6 o'clock, and I can't get out of work any earlier. Yes, It's yes. the kind of job that I do, which means I can't make Wednesday games at the moment, but I'd have cut my right yes. arm off to be there. Um, so yes. maybe there's a few people like me who, who, who do find it generally difficult, but it was very disappointing. Um, listen, one more thing that I want to talk about about the Roma game before we uh, we move on and have, we can have a quick chat about the Everton game, seeing as Jonathan's already teased us for that. Can somebody, uh, Clayton, I think, it's your your turn to get the, the bad question. Can, please, can somebody please explain to me Gary, uh, Gary Cahill's bandage? I think, basically, <laughs> it was a tribute to the Beano. It was plug, you're right. When, when anybody was. in the Beano had a toothache, they would have a bandage applied in that format, and that's exactly why it was done. It, it reminded Clayton, you me absolute also genius. of my great aunt Ethel's snood. The snood. Do you know what the, a snood is? I thought a snood no. was a scarf that you just put round your neck with it that doesn't have a beginning and an end. It's like a. a I know hoot. we used to call. Yeah, we, we used to say who's the wanker in the snood to Ashley Young. There was a whole remember. thing, wasn't there? Like loads of footballers yeah. started wearing them. Yeah, Tevez right. was one. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. thought well, there were also things that went, 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 went over the over over your hair and round as a kind of sort of covering hat. Yeah. I'm li- I'm liking the plug well? Beano reference. That, that is really yeah, got, yes, it's uh, preferable. I've, I've tried. Sorry, I've tried it to looked, upstage it... with my snood, but the the plug Beano reference, the Beano reference is much funnier. I apologize. No, that's the winner, J.K. But didn't he yeah, look stupid? I mean, if if there's one player on the pitch who really should have a think about things like that, uh, maybe that's part of his charm. Maybe he's just such a nice guy. He, uh, you know, and, and, and there's so much. Actually, there's a lot to love about Gary Cahill and the fact that he had no hint of shame or embarrassment by that. It just tells you what kind of a man he is. Because he didn't... I think he set himself, set himself up to look like a complete knob, really, by doing that. But, but, I, fair but play I think, him. I mean, he loves the club. He loves he the does, club and he? He'll, he will play on any level. He would have, he would have played in a pink tutu, plays. wouldn't he, mate? He'd have played yeah, in a pink I mean, tutu. He wouldn't care. He, he is John Terry Light. He's not... And I yeah. don't mean that as a criticism. No, no, I get it. He basically, you know... It's 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 a bit bizarre, and it might be a whole sort of thing about the dressing room that we don't see. But he doesn't, you know, that whole sort of leadership thing. We we were like rudderless for twenty twenty five minutes on Saturday. There didn't seem to be anybody pulling the strings, getting the players together, or, or anything. You know, Louise had gone off half cock. He'd gone mental. Dave was was worried about his own performance. I suspect. Mm. But we need somebody who's who's given it large. And I, I, you know, if you look around, there aren't many footballers, no. not necessarily us, but anywhere that does it anymore. No. It's like it's a well, job. I think I, I'll just get on with it. I, I think it's a it's a it's a problem that's not just about Chelsea because I remember during the international break that the, the same was being said of the England team. So I think it's a modern day phenomena that you're all a bunch of snowflakes, you younguns. That's all I'm saying. Talking of which. Uh, the lovely Byron F- CFC, going back to what we were talking about, about none of us actually watch or like football anymore. Uh, Byron has come up with a brilliant uh, post from ages ago. It was so good I've gone back in and found it. And he says, I'm only 23 
And I feel the same about football as you lot. Stick around for the Chelsea. Fuck all the rest. That's my boy. Good on you, son. <laughs> uh, right. We need to we need to talk about the Everton. I mean, God blimey, you lot. We, we didn't have enough time in part two to talk about Everton, and we're going the same way here. Um, it's the Caraboo Cup on uh, Cup. Wednesday. Annoyingly, another match that I can't make because of work. Uh of course, uh, the news has all changed today because, of course, uh, Ronald McDonald got uh, got the old uh, tin tack, didn't they? Old Ron- Ronald Koeman. Uh So that means that Everton are guaranteed to be absolutely pumped up and will probably win now. But uh, I, I think the, the, the inter- forget what forget them. Uh, I think really it's more about us and given our commitments at the moment. I'm I'm intrigued and also our huge injury uh, issues. I'm intrigued, Tony, to see who he's going to pick. I mean, have you got any idea? I've got, I've got, um, yeah, I've got an idea, and it contains absolutely zero information. Um, none and fuck all. <laughs> none Does that and mean fuck you're all, making yeah. it up? You're making yeah, this idea up. Listen, listen <laughs> if, I guess, I guess it depends on the pressure he's, he's getting from above or whatever. But really, if there's one trophy that's probably uh, expendable, it's probably this one. Um, and I think you know you've got a fantastic chance to, you know, give the Ampadus and the Masondas and a few of them uh, a bit of run out. As he could probably do with a break because he looks he looks shattered for parts of the game on on Saturday. Who, um, who did? As P Dave as P yeah. yeah. Uh, you know he's playing every game, every minute of every game <laughs> again. And I mean you know it's no surprise that he did he probably dipped in and out of the game a few times on on Saturday and dipped in at the right time as it happened but I, I think um you know I think he's got a chance here to to you know make a statement and say listen you know you want us to do four competitions or whatever I think you know this one is the one that we will um treat the least seriously and I know we've always treated it seriously in the past nobody else has nobody else gives well Mourinho five. has because it's an easy win yeah but you know, I and he think likes to count his they, trophies. Yeah, but I do think that this is the the time when you could give a few. Look, this is this goes back to what I've, I've been saying in the last few days as well, um, or last few weeks actually, is that um, the wisdom of letting Ake Chalabar and Rubens Loftus Cheek go when they would probably look like reasonably experienced youngsters now um, for games like that coming up on. Um, on Wednesday against Everton, you know, and, and actually our squad would look a little bit less threadbare with those in it, um, especially um, Chalabar and Ake, who, who, you know, did no, nothing wrong last season and, and looked pretty well accomplished. Um, you know, they, they, that's the time when you want these sort of players going out there. Um, I, I genuinely think it's an expendable game. And that's not something I say with a, a you know I'm not I'm not trying to be flippant. Um, I want Chelsea to win every game, but really it's just another set of fixtures that I think we could do without when there are bigger fish to fry this season in our first season back in the Champions League, um, and the importance of a top three finish. There you go. Mm, well, that's good, good stuff. I mean, Clayton, I think something that Tony said I thought was quite interesting. I mean, you know, I can't, I, I think. It would be fairly sensible to presume that Aki and Chaloba would not stick around just to play in the Caribou Cup. But uh, I think kind of taking that argument on a bit, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, Conte kind of, I don't think he has any time for it at all, given the injury situation and the other demands that he has of winning the league and doing one of the Champions League. So I think he's kind of decided that this is one to, to long off, as the Ute might say. Would you agree? Uh, no, because I think it's probably no. our best chance of winning anything. 
That's a very good without, point, mate. Without without being sort of, you know, dramatic or drama queen about it and without being down on our season. But I think this and the FA Cup are probably our biggest chance of doing anything. I mean, as everybody has said, the biggest problem is the fact that we haven't got any players. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would have loved... I mean, the, the horrible irony of Chaloba going when he probably would have played virtually every single game this season, the way the injuries have hit us, um, he, he, would have, he would have played virtually every game. I'm not so sure about Ake, because, um, I mean, if Christensen came in to replace Ake, I'm, I'm more than happy with that. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I think, unfortunately, a lot of our flogged dead horses are going to be playing tomorrow. Not a lot, but quite a few of them, people who could do with a, a rest. But it'll be quite interesting to see Charlie Misondra again. I would imagine Batshuayi will play. Um, if Apadu, Apadu could start, I was quite excited at halftime on... Uh, on Saturday because he warmed up, didn't he, for virtually the whole of the, the half-time yeah. period. Um, when do you play so, everybody, do you think, Clayton? Do you think you'll play Kennedy as well? I think you'll probably play Kennedy. Yes, I think yeah, I do. Uh, I think you'll try and play everybody that he can who hasn't been uh, Kennedy playing in the first team. play, and I think the Rudiger and Christensen will play. Yeah. Um, I think that Apadu may well start. Whether um, Dujon Sterling or Carl Scott are going to get a look in, I, I suspect both of those guys will as well. But it will yeah. be very interesting because I think I think Everton are going to take it quite seriously. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's I, I I wouldn't give up on that, and I, I Conte hates losing. So, um, you know, I think we'll we'll see. I think it will be a weakened side, but I do. I, I mean, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see somebody like Hazard play because Hazard loves playing. Um, do you think he uh, might give? I think he might give Morata a go because. Uh, um, he's just not not been looking good enough, or whether he wants to give him the rest because of the injury. I think um, he'll play Batshuayi, but he may actually bring um, bring Ratter on. Yeah, during the second half. So, but it's good. I mean, I like games like that. I mean, seeing the, the Forest game where we saw those kids play it was fantastic. I mean, what's his face? The um, the double barrel centre is it Salter Clark? Yeah, yeah. You know, he'll definitely be on the bench. He came on, didn't he, in the last game? So. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I mean, I think this is the great disappointment, really. And I, and I think, you know, I think we're all begrudging, begrudgingly saying, well, you know, if he's got to give something up, give him what else we've got to do, it's going to be this. But I, I mean, I know for a fact that everybody that I speak to loves the League Cup. I mean, not least because if you get to the, uh, you know, the semi-final and the final, well, particularly the final, you, you, you get a really good 30,000 allocation, which means everybody gets a ticket for a Wembley final. Well, I say everybody, but, you know, pretty much anybody who wants one. And I love winning trophies. And, and I, I think, you know, I do like to look at it as the People's Cup. It, 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 it's the only trophy that's still got a little bit of soul left to it. It hasn't been completely raped by corporate bastards. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a shame if we long it off. But on the other hand, you know, I'm quite I'm quite enamoured of the of the fact that, you know, given that we've got bigger fish to fry this season, I really would love to see kind of Conte in a sense forced into having to play some of the players that he wouldn't trust getting near uh, an appearance in a in a Premier League match, the likes of Ampadu and Masonda and uh um the Brazilian lad. What's his name? Kennedy. Kennedy. You know, 
Yeah, you know, and I, I just fucking play them, mate. You know, give it a whirl. What have you got to lose? Nobody. I don't think. I, I really don't think anybody will think worse of Conte if we get duffed up up by Everton on Wednesday and knocked out of it. I really don't. So he's got a he's got a free pass on Wednesday. Bloody use it. Rest some of the key members of the squad. Shove some of the youngsters in, and let's see what they can do. I mean, I would love that personally. Wouldn't any of you? Yeah, can that's I what just, I'm, basically can, what I'm saying. I think that's what I would yeah. rather see. You know what? I, I don't think up? that'll happen, though. I think he'll he'll play him, and if we go one or two down, he'll then bring all the, the big guns on. Because he wants to win, he'll, and there's nothing yeah, wrong with that. he'll have all there? the big guns yeah. as the subs, and he'll bring them all on if we start losing. That's what he'll do. Can that I just throw yeah. something out there, which has got nothing to do with anything apart from squad depth? Did you see that Ramirez is going to Inter Milan? And would any of you have picked him up if we would have had the opportunity to do so? Well, um, no. yes, For me, in a word, because I liked him. and I mean, I, I happen to like him, JK, but go on. Well, no, I just think it's, you know, he's, he's, he's the past now. Um, but he, he would the way the squad is at the moment, he'd, he'd, probably, fit I mean. in, he'd probably fit in quite well, wouldn't he? But um, uh, I, I don't think they're keen to... They, how much has he gone for? Do we know? I, I don't know, but it was. I just was quite interested to, because I think at the moment the way our squad is would have been quite nice to get him back. But yeah, you know, quite. not not essential. Um, anyway, I digressed. Well, it's it interesting, isn't it? There's a lot. There's a, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them coming back from China. I don't think he'll be the last. We really should shut this bright, uh, part up, and we'll uh, we'll be back in a second where we're going to be. Uh, well, Jonathan's going to be reading out a few supporter-type stuff, supporter-issues-type stuff, and there's a couple of emails for him, so we'll be back in a second. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and uh, you are listening, of course, to the Chelsea Fancast. And I've got the wonderful Jonathan Kidd with me. Thank you very much. Lovely for, to be described as wonderful. He's lovely. And uh, we've also sure. got the wonderful, wonderful Tony Glover and Clayton Beerman in the house as opposed to in the hello, pub. Hello, which hello, hello. I also like to see them. Hello, hello, hello to you, Clayton. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Yes. Fabulous. A joy. Uh, right. Okay. Okay, there are, I promise you, a couple of uh, cracking emails uh, coming up. Um, and uh, yeah, where else? Where have you been? There's only two this week, you lazy so and so. Sort it out and send some in. Otherwise, I, I have to fire Jonathan. <laughs> I have to fire Jonathan if we get no emails. No, that oh, is God, not supposed to be. Oh, God, don't say that. They'll deliberately not, not send any. I know, that's what I was saying. That's not an incentive not to do so. It's supposed to be motivation to do so. Because like me, like me, you love hearing... I mean, just proof of this, okay, proof of this, people, is that I was at the CFCK stall on Saturday and uh, Blind Lemon Harvey, or whatever his name is on Twitter, brilliant bloke, came yes. up to me, Brian, yeah. and he said, uh, he said, uh, mate, mate, I must send you an email. I must send you an email. And I said, oh, I'll read it out. And he looked disappointed. I said, well, I meant, I meant Jonathan will read it out. And he looked much happier. So there you go. People <laughs> love this part of the show. Anyway, I'm going to shut up and let Jonathan get on with the loads of uh, Chelsea supporters' news, which is uh, around. Some of it from last week, but you'll forgive me because they're all very worthwhile causes to plug. Take it away, JK. Uh, this first one's all about the Paul Cannaville Get Well Fund. And... Um, uh, our friend Paul Cannaville, who uh, 
uh, has always been great on the show every time he's been on, and he's such a lovely chap, and he's, uh, he's such, being such a lovely chap seems to exude through the radio. Um, he's done so much to help others. He's now in need himself after an unexpected illness and surgery has incapacitated him from his continuous work. So let's all of us, if we can, show our appreciation of all his good work, help him back on his feet. And you can do that by uh, contributing at um, www.gofundme.com forward slash Paul hyphen Canoville, that's C-A-N-O-V-I-L-L-E hyphen get hyphen well hyphen fund hyphen G-B-P. Um, you know, I'm just putting a quid. The more people who put stuff in it, it uh, put money in even small amounts, it, it adds up. And he, he really deserves it. Um, and then there's uh, there's an evening with Alan Hudson, um, the Working Man's Ballet book launch with Martin Knight interviewing Alan Hudson. Who's Martin Knight, Chidge? Is he... Uh, has he done a lot of interviewing? I can't remember. Yeah, he has. Yeah, Martin is lovely. Martin uh, is proper, proper, proper old school Chelsea. But he wrote, um, he certainly wrote or co-authored the uh, Kings, uh, the, you know, the, the Peter Osgood biography and the Charlie Cook yes. uh, biography, you know, the Bonnie, Bonnie Prince Charlie. Um, yes, he yes. was also involved with the special ones, the story of Chelsea's fans. Martin's brilliant. But he's a, he, he and John King are the guys behind uh, London Books. And of course, John King, as we all know, eminent author, Football Factory, lots of other great books, and they're both he, good mates of mine. John, John in particular. Yeah. In fact, they've both been on the show many years ago, both Martin he, and um, uh, and John King. Yeah, he tweeted he tweeted a picture of um, Jimmy Greaves uh, over the weekend, and I think yes, he's, yes, leading, he did. He's leading the line for um, either Chelsea or Spurs to um, organise yes. testimonial, um, which I think would be fantastic, especially if it was between Chelsea and Spurs, without that any be of the. Yeah, wouldn't it just be fantastic, you know, and something that I think would be great for for, for Jimmy Greaves. Yeah, I think he, he, he really needs it, doesn't he? Because he's on, uh, he's a bit under the cosh, isn't he, from uh, He's on his uppers, mate. He is, he yeah. is. And uh, he was such a wonderful player for both Chelsea and Spurs that uh, yeah. I think, I think West Ham are in the mix as well, weren't they? Did they say that West Ham ought to, ought to contribute? Not yeah, contribute. I just the think that's something for them too. having it as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but no, that would be wonderful. I agree. Anyway, um, uh, Martin Knight's interviewing Alan Hudson, which is uh, the Working Man Ballet's Working Man's Ballet book launch, and who Alan will be signing copies of the book on Wednesday, November the first, at Epsom Golf Club, Longdon Lane South, Epsom Downs, Surrey, KT seventeen four JR at seven thirty. Admission is free. You can buy the book on the night for a tenner. Uh, there's a telephone number 07871 52297 and there's email info at london-books.co.uk. And as I keep saying, uh, he's a terrific writer, Alan Hudson, and uh, particularly actually about um, uh, when he wasn't picked for England and, uh, and writing about Stoke and Tony Waddington is his big hero. And he's not, he's not terribly polite about Chelsea. He thinks he was treated badly. And uh, uh, and yeah, you know, I, I sort of have to agree when you you read the he, he, he puts little clips of his books on his book on uh, uh, on Facebook, and it's absolute a fascinating read. It really tells an enormous amount about that era, uh, that era of playing for Chelsea and Stoke, and uh, and he was a fabulous player. Um, and I was very privileged to see him an enormous amount, and uh, a real class above. It's, if you ever see anything on. Any clips of him on, on YouTube or Chelsea TV, you just see what a, 
but brilliantly relaxed he was and uh, just threading the ball through and um, uh, just um, a great star. And you have to remember, he, he left Chelsea at 22. He went to Stoke when he was 22. So he was playing for Chelsea at, at the height of his powers when he was 18. And there's an example of a, of the youth coming in at 18 and being completely outstanding. And uh, and that's what we always hoped for with uh, with one of our current youth. But he was... Uh, Bloody hell, he was a top player. And he, he we played let him go before he was at his best, mate. That's the sad well, thing about Alan we Hudson. Did, but, yeah. but he did. He did. Uh, sorry, I know this is going off piece, but do you think that he was led astray by Osgood? Because Osgood and Hudson both left at the same time because they both fell out with Sexton. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and basically, Alan Hudson's very, very bitter about Chelsea. Not about the it, fans, it, but about Chelsea. And I, I, it was a great shame. I don't, it was I, I don't know if he was led astray. I think in his book, he, he just criticises Sexton in the book, if I remember yeah, well, they the, both, they the both sections that, that I've, I've read. And that's um, why they both left. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what I would say, just to kind of clear that up, um, I mean, we've had Alan on the show, albeit a long, long time ago. In fact, I put it up when, when they announced they were re-releasing the uh, Working Man's Ballet. I put that podcast back up. So I hope some of you heard it. But Alan... Um, I wouldn't say Alan's bitter about Chelsea. I think he's he's always been very bitter about the people that run the club. And a lot yeah. of that had to do with Ken Bates and the fact that Ken Bates, you know, Stalinized the club and wouldn't have any of the old players back. And Alan yeah. quite strongly... And I mean, okay, I suspect there's a bit of self-interest in there because Alan's, you know, not made a lot of money. He's had a very tough time. But Alan felt that the club should look after the old players to a much greater extent than they they, they used to do. I mean, they're, they're doing a lot better now, that's for sure. So I think a lot of his bitterness comes from that. Anyway, old Bean, we should uh, we should press we should, forward. We should crack on. Have you crack actually on. have um, you read the you've read the important bit about how to about where it is and all of that, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, you've done all. Yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, good, good. Um, here we are. Um, best foot forward. Anyone who approaches Stamford Bridge, Stamford Bridge, or Stamford Anyone who approaches Stamford Bridge from the Fulham Broadway side on match day will at some point have heard the dulcet Scottish tones of Billy McLeod urging you to part with your change in aid of wounded servicemen and women in exchange for a nifty blue and yellow wristband. There's no, there are no super salaries and branding here. Billy's a former soldier himself, founded Veterans in Action with other retired army men who'd been wounded or suffered emotional distress slash mental health issues as a result of their service. The team all fundraise on the front line for their cause. The girl who likes balls, also known as Alex Churchill, has been pounding the streets with Billy and his team before matches, and they're hugely passionate about what they do. Veterans in Action helps former service people help themselves. They carry out outreach activities and excel at organising team building and group activities. They help them get back out into the world and to feel like themselves again as part of their rehabilitation. Events of late or in planning include cycling the New Forest and planning for a three-peak climbing challenge and an epic road trip across Europe. This November, Alex and two other season, season ticket holders from the Shed Upper are raising money for VIA by taking part in our own challenge, that's, that's Veterans in Action. Is it pronounced via or via? To, by taking part in our own challenge. They'll be walking from the Dead Sea in Jordan to the ancient city of Petra in aid of their brilliant work in practically helping veterans. Not only will they be missing the Scouse away game, but there'll be no gin. Blimey, God, how will Alex cope with that? She's, so, she's going to uh, suffer. She will suffer. Uh, mind you, she'd probably be sweating it if she was drinking it. Then. <laughs> so aside from the, then she could then she could lick herself. So aside from the walking, it, it is all aside from the walking. 
So aside you get from the confused with her cat. Yeah, sorry, it was her cat. I meant a cat would be there with her. No, he won't. So aside from the walking, it's a challenge indeed. They'll be going past Crusader forts, Roman tin mines, and locations from both Indiana Jones and Lawrence of Arabia to tot up the miles. They've had some amazingly generous contributions from friends, fellow blues, ex-servicemen and women across the globe, as well as fans of other clubs. Thank you very much, everybody. But any more donations, however small, will be greatly appreciated to top up the fundraising efforts before they head out. Uh, they're using virgin money giving because unlike a certain other extremely well-known platform, they don't take any of your donations for their own profit. So if you'd care to show your support for those in uniform, you can follow the link below to chip in in, adva in advance. Thank you. That was obviously Alex has written that. And it's um, the address is http colon double slash uk dot virgin money giving dot com slash alexandra churchill uh and then of course there's chelsea supporters trust join the trust get your voice heard by the club five pounds to become a voting member free for non-voting members uh, but why would you be a non-voting member sign up at chelsea supporters trust dot com so you can attend the meetings come to the events vote on the issues that directly affect you and make sure you get your voice heard follow them on twitter at Chelsea S Trust. And there was a meeting on Saturday, wasn't there, Chidge? Did that go there well? There was. Yeah. It, it was brilliant fun. It went really, really well. We had it in the Atlas again, and it was packed. Uh, and uh, sadly, they weren't all there to see me or hear me speak. Uh, they really came to see and hear the wonderful, wonderful Pat Nevin. Um, we, we did get a lot of really good business done beforehand, actually, in the hour that we had before. We had Charles Rose from the uh, Chelsea Pitch Owners oh, who yeah. came to update us on what's going on with all of that. And then Pat did an hour... And he was just—he was just brilliant. He was funny, charming, very, very bright, very knowledgeable. Came out with some very honest, uh, uh, you know, talk about Chelsea. And then he—and then he stayed around for a good hour or two afterwards, talking to everybody who wanted to talk to him. I mean, I, do you know what? Of all the Chelsea ex-players that I've met, I, I have to say Pat has been the most—you know—the the best by by a long way. And that is not to demean everybody else. It's just that he he is some he is one hell of a guy. I'm basically in love again. I was in love with him when I was watching in the eighties, and I've refound that love uh, from from Saturday. Pat Nevin is my favourite. So there you go. Good CPO. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, thanks, Jim. Brilliant. Great. Thanks, Jim. Thanks very much. Good. If you want to own a little bit of Chelsea and protect the future of the club. Go and buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners who own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and whose aim is to ensure that Chelsea Football Club will remain playing football at Stamford Bridge. To find out how to buy a share, email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com slash fans slash chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners and follow them on Twitter at pitch owners. Chidge, quickly, what um, uh, what did he say, Charles Rose? Because uh, what's the situation with... Uh, with with the club um, obviously um, building on it, what's going to happen to the Well, he the whole he's process? got. I mean, there's there's no, there's no news on on the redevelopment front. There's no news of any perceived threat of them doing another land grab. You know, he said that he has no reason to believe that that will happen. The the big news that he really had was that they're looking at more ways to uh, attract a younger, uh, a, you know, younger shareholders. Really, so the big the big issue right. was that he's going to lower the price of shares to £25 each. And that means that anybody who's already got one that they paid 100 quid for will now have their shares upgraded. So they'll, they'll effectively have four votes as opposed to one. Does oh. that make sense? 
Yeah, so if you've got one good. share, Jonathan, that you paid a hundred quid for, you now have four shares. Perfect, because right. I've got uh, I've got one share for hundred quid. Good, that's yeah, good. Yeah, so there you go. Right, and briefly, can I just so, say a little piece of information about the ground? Um, mm. uh, it's going to take. Um, uh, they, uh, did I tell you this the other day? They're going to they're going to knock the uh, they're going to use the the uh, the gym um, and the museum as the site office, which will be happening uh, pretty soon. Um, so that will cease to be a gym and it'll cease to be the museum. Um, and they're going to have to. Uh, putting the tunnel over the railway will take 18 months because the network rail, uh, you get an in, you get an appointment with them, takes 18 months. So they have to book it now and then they can start doing everything. And it's going to mm. take a year to demolish the, uh, Chelsea as it is with taking everything out by truck. And there's the possibility we won't go to Wembley. And in fact, we might um, find another club to do up in the interim and go there, um, which I thought was absolutely re weird news, but at the same time quite uh, made sense to me because they think that Spurs will still be at Wembley because it's wow. going to take longer for Spurs than they think. Um, and this was all at this, this was this, this um, fans forum meeting I went to, very loquacious Abramovich um, uh, spokesperson, uh, as you'd expect, very on the ball, saying that yeah, there was a pot. They they were actually sourcing places that they could do up clubs that Whoa. they could do they could do there's, up. A week there's one of our mile and a half away. I was going to say it's got to be Fulham, isn't it? Yeah. Craven Cottage. That would be a blinding choice as well for most fans. Mm. Yeah, knock it down and build like, a new they, one. They, they were they were they were a bit cagey on that. I I think I said something like, "How about um, uh, the what you call it the uh, the Linford Christie Stadium?" Because then they could flog it to Queens by Rangers, but they wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't say. He wouldn't let well, on. Well, who knows? But it, it's all still it until it's announced. All it's all rumour mongering. But it, but it, but he had a rumour. But it said that Wembley wasn't likely to be the because uh, everybody was saying it was cut and dried. He said, but it, it, the chances are Spurs will still be there. Um, and there's a so lot of strength of feeling. I mean, if you if you as, as you know, I mean, the, the trust survey that we did. Um, you know, it, it's a bit difficult when you survey people and you give them three choices. I mean, the, the most people preferred Twickenham to Wembley but actually it was kind of like Hobson's choice in a way you know nobody wanted to go anywhere yeah. ultimately um but so it, it didn't make it didn't make it look like people were really dead against going to Wembley but that's because people recognized that we probably had to move but you know I think there's a very there's a big groundswell of opinion actually that doesn't really want to go to Wembley at all and sees it for the nightmare potentially that it will be yeah, um, so yeah. you know that we we could do a whole show on this, Jonathan. Maybe we should someday. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a story that'll run and run, isn't it? That, I did no, well done. Good knowledge, mate. It, keep, it, keep, Good it knowledge. keeps varying. Anyway, um, CFC UK latest issue of CFC UK is now available. If you can't get CFC UK in person, you can always get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. And if you're in the USA, follow Twitter account at cfcuk. USA. And if anyone's interested in getting a CFC UK copy, contact Dan Lundberg on tw Twitter at Dan. At, oh, God, I'm cocking this up. Sorry. Contact Dan Lundberg on Twitter at D Lundberg underscore. Um, do you want to do this one, the Patreon bit? Uh, well, I don't mind if we give you a bit of a rest before your emails. It's before just a reminder, really. Yes, please. Thank you. Yeah. Just a reminder that, that we signed up to this bizarre thing called Patreon. Uh, which is a like a kind of a, a cooperative set up for, for for creatives who do podcasts and things like that, 
Uh, but really, we did it because this lovely chat called Alex Ambrosiak, who's a long-time listener, said, Chidge, 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 forget all this nonsense with buy the boys a beer. Um, you can have a Patreon account and people can donate a little bit of money every month, which can help with the running costs. And I thought... Well, I suppose so. You know, why not? So, uh, so there you go. So we set one up, and uh, as I said, it. You know, if you if you you can pay monthly, pay per episode. You don't have to pay much. It's all in dollars because it's an American thing. Uh, so, uh, so there you go. So if you if you fancy uh, saying thank you, rewarding us for what we do, help me pay back some of the huge amount of money I've spent on the flaming, nearly said a rude word, flaming thing for the last ten years, then uh, it, it would it would it would all be gratefully received. Uh, you know, plus remember, I have to I have to spend an awful money on nappies for people. You know, uh, Tony's supposed to laugh at that moment. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Sorry, <yes. laughs> oh dear, it's all right. I'll, I'll set them up. You hit them out of the park. I know. Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. No, go. I was actually talking to Andy Silverman on in the mix of the chat room, mate. So I'd switched off a little bit there. So I see. I can I can see it all in front of me, which is why I thought I'd screw you up by talking to you. Um, yeah, anyway, it, it's very easy. It's called Patreon. Uh, please feel free to donate whatever you want per show per month. But there really is, honestly, people. There is no pressure. We do this show for fun and we love it. Uh, and we do it because you like it. It's as simple as that. We don't expect anything from it other than that. But if you want to say thanks, it's entirely up to you. And you go to www.patreon, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Uh, of course, a better alternative is to meet us in the cock pub and have a beer. Uh, and yes. buy us one, obviously. But of course, then we get the chance to buy you one back, which is kind of how we like to roll, isn't it, Tony and Clayton? Oh, it yeah. is. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, yes. Just to let you know that um, somebody who's not unknown to Mr. Glover, Tony, um, Donal has just tweeted uh, to Stanford Chidge please tell Mr. Kidd, apropos his comment about young Miss Churchill, women glow, men perspire. Horses sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Donal, you legend. Thank you, Donal. Hang on. Is that not his committee for, you know, truth, righteousness and justice, which kept on getting on my case on your show, Tony? Uh, yes, he was. I don't remember, yeah. what, I don't remember what he yes. called it, but everything I said, it infringed some law that Donal had made it up. Did, yes, he, he, yes he, he, had a, he had a list of all the professional bodies that, that might litigate against us, I think. <laughs> Cracking stuff. Brilliant. Okay, J.K. Um, Barons Bridges wanted me to uh, to do this as uh, Sean Connery for his uh, Scots mates, but uh, read these out. But I don't think that would. I don't think I could keep it going. Actually, I'd bore everybody and myself. And uh, yeah, do it in the voice that we know and love. Exactly. So what I can get, say is push it. All I can say. That's not going to say anything else. Um, but uh, this is from Stefan Anastasi. Uh, dear Chidge and all the fancast boys and girls, I'm new to the podcast world and have only listened to the fancast since the end of last season. What a find it's been. I've been a season ticket holder as long as I can remember, with my earliest memories being the Hullet Viali era. I've always said I've been spoilt to have been born when I was. I've seen us win it all in 25 years. A personal favourite is Bolton away in 2005. I'll never forget the celebrations outside the ground after that game. And actually, if I just go off on a tangent moment, after the game, I remember a spot took place outside and everybody crouched on the ground because they're all standing in order to spring up at the at number 10 on spot. So you have this whole thing of everybody, hundreds of people crouched whilst doing spot. It was one of the great moments for me outside the, for the Bolton game. Anyway, I digress. Um, I remember Dee Dee 
Terry and Frank joining in all the songs from the roof of the team coach. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because yeah, Joe Cole stuck his head through. And then everybody came, got out and stood on the roof. Yeah, that's right. And the sheer joy of my elders. And I was in the same same crowd as you then, Stefan. Um, and the sheer joy of my elders after that final whistle. That will stick with me forever. Anyway, the reason I'm emailing is to say thanks. I've recently moved to Yorkshire to live a more comfortable life after having my first child. Yeah. London has that pressure, doesn't it? Unfortunately, this means I can't attend games as often as I'd like. But listening to your podcast has softened the blow, helps me get through the week. How lovely. I could go on, but we'll keep this brief. Congratulations on 400 shows. I'll definitely be around for the next 400. Uh, will, will we, Chidge? That's the point, though. Will we be around? Thanks again, well, we Stefan. Yeah, that's a that's a frightening thought. Jonathan and I will be on our Zimmer frames then, I suspect. Yes, um, not. Let's not yes. let's not go down our own mortality avenue here, please. <laughs> oh, yeah. how many trophies yeah. will we have won by then, Chidge? Oh, well, I just like actually on the, it's, 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 it's we're doing a, it in a yeah. home. We'll I'm glad you made that point. I'm glad you made that point they, because they I just remember. Yeah, they privatised the Oswald Stoll mansions and put ex-podcasters in there. Live, yes, we could do them. The Chelsea fancast, live from the Oswald Stoll. Oh, we're doing it every home. night, every hour yes. of the day. We're up all night, largely because our bladders have gone. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Stefan, I just want to make the point, because I remember he said this, uh, that he's only... He, what did he say? He says, that's right, I've always said I've been spoiled to have been born when I was. Stefan, you were. You have been yes, spoiled. You have there been. is no you doubt about that. Yes, and I, that's yes. all I have to say about that, apart from, well done, mate. Glad that you've uh, glad that you've joined us. Delighted to have you on board. You better read the old next one out, J.K., because we're running out of time. There was an, I got an email earlier on today asking me what, the, what happened when Gomez, apparently, in the Watford game, um, stood on the line but threw the ball out and his hand was outside the penalty, outside the, the, the box, outside the, the penalty box. And uh, the, uh, somebody asked me what the law was. And the law is that it, it doesn't matter where his foot is. If his hand is outside the penalty area, it's handball. So just to clear that up for the person who specifically asked me. I uh, can't remember who it was. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I, 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 I remembered it, but I can't remember the name of the person. Um, apologies. But that's the case. It doesn't matter where his foot was. If his hand is outside the penalty area, it's handball. Anyway, so this is from Phil Monday. Dear Chidge, all hail the Batman for rescuing all our weekend yesterday. A lovely cross from William for Asby's goal too. Can everyone get off both their backs now, please? Yes, that's true. On an entirely separate note, hats off to Eni Oloku for forcing the FA to apologise, yeah, having yeah. shown their true despicability during the whole sorry saga. I've written about it on my blog page this week, but as ever, it is a bit long. But it's this blog page is um, HTTPS colon double slash one man went to moan. That's one, that's the number <laughs> one, M-A-N-W-E-N-T, the figure two, and then moan.com uh, forward slash. Uh, happy for you to ignore that, but no, we haven't. But it'd be great if uh, any's moral victory got a mention on the show. Yeah, absolutely. I know there's loads to talk about this week with the Roma game, Conte rumours, etc. But this story has really shone a torch on much that is rotten in the corridors of power in our game. Yeah, that was the yeah. ridiculous sexism in it and bloody hell racism. As well as what a knobber Matthew Syed is. <laughs> as, if, as, as, if, as if we needed reminding. Thanks anyway. Loving the show as always. Phil. Good mail, good mail, sweet. I'd Indeed. Just like to uh, underline that point, actually, because I have to say, to our to our shame, we didn't really uh, cover it at all on the fancast, and I and I humbly apologise for 
uh, for not doing so. Well, what I will say is that to their eternal credit, uh, the lovely Andy Saunders and Kerry Levy and uh, presumably Phil, Phil Daniels, they went to town on it on, on the Chels podcast and uh, they did it all the uh, justice that it deserved. So well done, Andy and uh, and the Chels for getting right behind any. I mean, obviously we do too. We just didn't talk about it on the show, but we're delighted to see that she's won. And I mean, I hate the FA. I hate the FA. Yes. With a yep. passion, a more a more limp dicked organisation I've seldom seen in my fifty-two you, years. We could be. We, I bet we were saying that twenty years ago, all of us, even yeah, when we didn't absolutely. particularly know each other, because it's been like that for for as long as I can remember. Blazed well, old twats. It needs government intervention to sort it out, doesn't it? They do. They're not fit for purpose. They're not. They're no, not they're fit not. for purpose. They're, they're, it's it's an no. Old, old I mean, club, the FA. It doesn't mean football association. It means fuck all. Um, Clayton, did, did I hear your dulcet tones trying to break through then? Uh, no. Okay, good. <laughs> much, much as but I love no, to hear from you. No, but I, I just, I mean, the Enioloka thing is just, uh, it, it's appalling. It's absolutely appalling. Why would a highly educated, intelligent woman have made those allegations for no reason at all? Yeah. Exactly. She's very bright too. She's a very bright girl. Yeah, no, she's. I mean, she's Lister. She's. You know, this, this, mm. she's a very erudite, intelligent woman, and she wouldn't have done that just for the heck of it. You know, no, it was exactly. just absolutely ridiculous. And which, which, and what's happened since? Nothing. Nobody's stepped down at the FA. Nobody's done anything. No, well, I, I don't know. I think what? What's this space, mate? It might happen. I, it might happen. I think. I think maybe it will, but. I, I think it basically underlines the the racist and sexist attitude that was which is institutionalised in that organisation. They probably thought, oh, you know, she's just a black girl. What does she know? You know, and mm. boof, off they go. So it's they deserve everything that's coming to them and more. Sadly, we've really got to go because I'm mindful of the time. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you for your emails, Phil and Stefan. Uh, we do love receiving them on this show. It, it, I mean, I love it because it means I get to shut up for twenty minutes, and Jonathan does all the work. But I also know how much Jonathan loves doing it, which is great. And we always try and read them out on the show, as you know. So send them to ChelseaFanCast at gmail.com. And you need to do it before Monday. Okay? Otherwise, it doesn't get in the script. Now, sadly, that is all we've got time for this week. Uh, We'll be back next Monday, October the 30th at 7 o'clock sharp. Live! As always. Live! uh, Live! Live. I'll be joined. And I'll be joined by... I'll be joined by Jonathan Kidd, also known as Nosferatu, uh, Alex Churchill, also known as the girl who likes balls, and the very unoriginally named Seb O'Mahony, who is a great mate of mine. He's been on the show a few times in the past. He's now a football agent, so Seb has a very interesting take on things that we don't normally get to hear. And, of course, they'll all be reporting back on the Everton and Bournemouth matches. How exciting is that? Now, a uh, quick plug for us. The eagle-eyed among you have probably noticed the superb efforts of uh, the wonderful Keon Carbis, who has been listening live tonight, I believe. Uh, now, he's been upping our game on the Chelsea Fancast website. He is the editor. He is my boss, in fact, on the Chelsea Fancast website. Good luck to you, Leon. Uh, now, we regularly have content going up as a, re- as a result uh, during the week, so make sure you give it a look at ChelseaFanCast.com. And, of course, everything that we write gets posted out on Twitter on our Facebook page. The Facebook page, of course, is facebook.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast, and Twitter is at Chelsea Fancast. Talking of Twitter, <clears throat> these lovely gentlemen can be found at Jonathan Kidd. Clayton is at Goalie59 and... 
Tony is at Grocer Jack UK. So there you go. Keep them, keep them coming. Keep them following. And uh, there we go. That is it, gents. What a brilliant fun I've had tonight. It's been great to see you in the house, Tony. Wonderful, fantastic show. Brilliant. It's always a pleasure, mate. You know that. You know that. Great stuff. And Clayton, lovely, lovely to have you back on the show. It's been a while, mate. We we need to catch up for a beer soon. We do indeed. Um, Loved it. Absolutely great show, um, as always, and uh, lots of fun to do. Great fun. And uh, last but by no means least, uh, Mr. Mr. Kidd, my right-hand man. Lovely to to be doing the show again with you this week. Uh, uh, Gorgeous, Chidge, as always. Gorgeous. Now, great stuff. Now, just hot hot off the press, I've just had a quick look through my Twitter feed, and I can see that Gion has put up loads of blogs on the uh, Chelsea Fancast website this evening. We've got... uh, Clitheroe Blues uh, review of the Watford match. We've got Heon's view of the enemy, Everton. We've got head-to-head Chelsea v Everton. We've got Chelsea v Everton, the starting eleven that Conte should choose. And I've obviously selfishly put my own thing from Yahoo up there, but don't worry about that. But there you go, just to prove that there's loads of stuff going up. And well done to Heon. Right, that is all we've got time for this week. Thank you very much for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Up the Chelsea! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.